What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode seven of Press YYZ. This is your one-stop shop where we bring you all the best video game news and discussion with a uniquely Canadian twist. You can find us on Twitter at Press YYZ, where we appreciate any feedback you may have. I'm your host, Nathan. Joined today by Mitch George. How's everyone's doing? How's everyone? yeah, I can't talk today. This is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> great start, everybody. Uh, so we've got Mitch, who can't talk today. That is me. Uh, we've got AJ, who's still somehow employed with us. Uh, yeah, you're welcome for being here, I guess. You won last week, Nathan. You I approved. You it was crazy. Uh, I've got some comments about last week. Uh, <laughs> so we'll get into that after I do the roll call. Um, right. Alex Ballant, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm so tired. Also, I thought it was Press YYZ. No, I thought we've had to call it Press YYZ because we're Canadian. There was some controversy over this. Are we? Do we have to? Uh, we'll, we'll, let's get into it after we get through who's on the show today. That's fine. Hi. Right. I'm so tired. <laughs> um, and then we've got uh, Cozy Alex Alexander Cozina. How are you doing? Uh, get drunk, find a horse. Excuse me? All right. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm trying to... Uh, whatever, it's fine. No, you have to elaborate <laughs> on that. You have to explain that, please. I mean, there, there really isn't much of an explanation. I was trying to think of something clever and witty to say that would catch you all off guard. And I didn't want to talk about how tired I am because I feel like that's the average go-to when you start up one of these podcasts. And I was reminded of my old friends at the Comedy Button who coined the term, uh, get drunk, find a gun. But I figured that saying that this early on in this podcast's life would be a little bit too... <laughs> you know just a little bit much so i figured i'd soften the blow by instead talking about finding a horse well i don't know no. if that feels better i'm just gonna you put can't that soften up you can't soften a blow with bestiality <laughs> you went from an extreme up i'm I, tired to I never said bestiality i said just find a horse it's implied <laughs> We all implied that. I, I right? mean, it's it not just me. It literally, it literally never crossed through my mind as I was saying that all right. phrase. <laughs> no problems. <laughs> well, I hope everybody can feel a little energized after this great opening that we've had. Um, so I do want to catch up some old news. So last week I was off because I had to attend a summit for work and they ranked the top uh, Pokemon. And I'm disappointed that I was unavailable for the episode because Agumon deserved to be on that list. There's a reason we did it when you weren't here, because I knew that crap was coming. You know, you, you can I ask you a question, Nathan. Can you name another Digimon? Uh, Gabuterimon, Lilymon, Rosemon. Okay, okay, okay. All right. You can, can you name yeah, one fair. fifth generation Pokemon? Oh. Um, oh my god! Oh. I don't even think I can do that. No, uh, the one that's in Smash uh, with the Greninja. That's a sixth generation Pokemon. Damn it! I'm so Boom. close. Uh, then no. that's why you weren't on the Pokemon. I mean, I'll, look, I'll, I'll give you credit that you know more Digimon than just Agumon. But see, like, if you had come on the podcast and you said, oh, Gabuterimon, I would be like, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll accept that because it's not Agumon. But but you weren't yeah. the host and I would not have accepted that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, last week was fun. But I know since last <sighs> week, we've talked a bit about Press YYZ versus Press YYZ being Canadian. Where are we settling here? We've had a lot of controversy coming our way about the what we've been calling the show. So, what's everyone's thoughts? Honestly, I mean, it's been has, has it been a lot of controversy? It's hundreds of people, hundreds of our listeners. Oh, really? Yeah. All thousands of them. I mean, to be honest, like I'm kind of indifferent, but I quite like the ring of press YYZ. I don't feel like we need to change it. 
I think we found the American spy. Yeah, I'm of the same mind where YYZ kind of rolls off the tongue and YYZ, while being more phonetically correct in Canada, it, it just doesn't have the same oomph to it. Okay, next time somebody flies, because as we know, we took the YYZ from the Toronto International Airport at Pearson. I also hope none of us are flying anytime soon. But next time somebody does, I'm just curious what employee would say the accurate name is at the airport. So... That's- it's an international airport code, so it would probably depend on who who is saying it. Yeah, I, it's is it so? They say Z in the UK as well, right? Correct. That's where we get our our yeah. phonetics from for that. Yeah. And, and things our, like and favorite spelling. Color. Yeah, yeah. Favorite color. Yeah. Uh, those are the only two that are coming to mind for some reason. What's everyone's so. favorite color? <laughs> Um, so we'll take this offline and we'll figure it out but uh i thought i thought it was something that should be discussed as our listeners were demanding for it so um anyways for now i think we'll keep with yyz for the point reference uh points of reference that were made here uh now is everyone here a fan of rush yes yeah they're a good band gotta go fast oh wait that's sonic that's sonic sorry because it's also borrowed from a title of a, a rush song which i quite enjoy but all right. But how did they pronounce it? I need to do my research on that. I don't want to interpret what they or make be presumptuous about how they would say it. All three band members are from right here in Toronto. Actually, there's there's a park like three blocks from my house that is named after um, Getty Rush and uh, Leif Erikson. So, yeah, they're they're a local treasure. And thankfully, they got some international claim and. Then we stole the name of their one of their most famous songs for the title of this podcast. Well, so. Okay, not 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 to not to milk this too far, but I just googled how does Rush pronounce Y Y blank letter? Yep, and they pronounce it Y Y Z. Shit. I mean, we we don't we don't have to just follow them because they pronounce it that way. Yeah, we're more famous than them now, so we it's, can choose how it's said. It's that's fair. You can joke, but that's not even close, and you know it. <laughs> what you're telling me, Rush has more than twenty people listening? Hey, it's more than twenty people. Okay, when I was saying numbers last week, it was sort of you know a punch in the gut for us. But you know, for something that's only been going for a couple of months, we've got some listeners. We're making some gains. We're making some oh, gains. Wow. We're soon going to be in the hundreds. So if you're not making moves, you're standing still. It's true. Gary to quote Wada. one Gary Wada. So to, to close out this segment, <laughs> if uh, you're listening to this and you have hard feelings about this, obviously contact us and let us know. I personally or just keep stand it to yourself. By, or keep it to yourself. <laughs> I mean, I personally stand by that. Like, while I understand the logic in calling ourselves Press YYZ to keep in with the Canadian theme, ultimately we need to go with what sounds best, what rolls off the tongue better, and I think Press YYZ is a keeper but we're not going to decide here and now if that's definitively what we're going to do nope well why z uh, okay let's let's just move on <laughs> eight and a half minutes into the podcast aj what are you playing um well i i'm old now first and foremost oh. happy belated birthday my friend thank you very much i uh happy i turned birthday. 30 Ooh! What do you do for on, your thirtieth well, birthday? On Saturday, you are. I old. went to uh, a little a little uh, restaurant slash bar uh, location in Toronto called uh, Stormcrow Manor. Uh, it was a lot of fun. 
rented out a, a very, very expensive room, as I found out. Um, and Mitch, you did not uh, buy enough food to help uh, reach the minimum spend, so... I bought as much as I could justify. I'm sorry. It was also okay. a last-minute invite, and I had yeah, to drive, true. so I couldn't drink. And that's... the non-alcoholic beverages were not as expensive, even though they were equally as fun. Okay. Yeah. The yeah the butter beer, the, you had the, that right. The non-alcoholic butter beer was very good, and then I mm -hmm. had something else that was themed after Star Trek. I think it was a Klingon something or other, and it was very good. I, it wasn't mm -hmm. as sweet as the butter beer, which was nice. I hate when I have a Klingon. Yeah, everyone does. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so uh, for my birthday, I also got a uh, SNES Classic. Um, nice. I never, I, I never, I actually never owned an original uh, SNES, Super Nintendo, SNES. How, how do we pronounce that? That's another point of here. controversy. How does everyone pronounce the Super Nintendo Entertainment System? Super Nintendo. Uh, Super Nintendo. The, the, the acronym, is it SNES or SNES? What say uh, you hosts? Uh, I think I go I'm, back and forth. Uh, me, it's mostly just SNES. I'm with you, Cozy. Yeah, I'm, I'm SNES all the way. Can, yeah. can I show you something special that I have? Oh, oh that's, a, that's, a, that's a pretty boy. Wow. When I was in Taiwan, um, uh, cool. I guess it's two years ago now, I bought a Super Famicom Classic while I was there. That's wow. awesome. Wow, wow. That, that, yeah, that's, pre that's pretty cool. So, um, do, does it have the same? It has the same games on it, right? No, it's a slightly, it's slightly different, different lineup. Slightly different, and they're all in Japanese. Um, yes. So, that's fun. I've modded it to be English, as <laughs> you kind of need to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Plus, it also made all the buttons work the way I'm used to making them work instead of the uh, the other opposite Japanese the, way. Yeah, the backwards See, the, way. The the color scheme is nice mm -hmm. on the Super Famicom, but I grew up with that gross purple and gray SNES. So for me, the, I couldn't have anything other than the North American variant. Well, and the purple is nice, but the gray not so much. I hadn't bought one, and then when I was in Taiwan, I saw it, and I was like, it's two thousand seven hundred eighty dollars. So I was like, I should buy this. I don't think I saved any money. I was going to so, say, what does that convert to Canadian? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, it was more than $100. But So I've got the list of games up right now. Earthbound is on the is not on the Japanese one. Kirby's Dream Course is not on the Japanese one. Neither are Street Fighter, Super Castlevania 4, and Super Punch-Out. Yeah. This is... instead, they have, instead, they have Super Street Fighter 2, uh, uh, Super Soccer, uh, Panel Dupon, The Legend of the Mystical oh, yeah. Ninja... And Fire Emblem, Mystery of the Emblem. You know what the biggest tragedy with the SNES Classic was? What? The lack of Chrono Trigger, which I fixed. <laughs> By legal means, I hope. Yes. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't emulate a game which you don't, do not own a physical copy of, correct? Well, I owned a copy of Chrono Trigger at the time when I did it. Uh, uh, just, I, I just don't want to be complacent to your crimes, that's all. All right, that's fair. <laughs> Um, what else have you been playing, AJ? <laughs> uh, well, um, Mid Mitch and I actually uh, uh, played a game yesterday. Uh, it came out yesterday um, for free. This was oh. going to be our big news story this week. Well, nothing <laughs> yeah, else has then, happened. Uh, then no, the nothing. caught fire. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, COD Warzone. Call of Duty Warzone. Um, it's the, uh, the newest Battle Royale uh, free entry that makes you download the entirety of modern warfare the new modern warfare if you haven't played it 
before regardless i don't know why that happens that was I, obnoxious i know why 100 gigabytes because they want you to buy it because they want it. you to buy the game there's a button in the game to buy the full game. i am they only you slightly more game. tempted now you just better slightly. not just play I, the free warzone mode with me and we will have fun and maybe eventually win yeah maybe um i got to 15th today Ooh. that that that's my record so far in that i think i think we had 18th or something yesterday yeah some, something something like, like that yeah it's 18 to 20 somewhere around there but i, I played um, a little bit and i got to like 25 that was really okay nice. yeah i, yeah, I'm I think averaging that's right around was. there yeah well, what's nice about cod warzone specifically though is since the i think it was this year's call of duty modern warfare call of duty ha or activision has made the game crossplay. yeah so aj downloaded it on the xbox i downloaded yeah. it on the ps4 and we had zero issues playing with one another we, other than could, some of the social bits yeah but the yeah the social bits are done through activision's you know proprietary you know connection but uh, we we jumped in into a game and we could vocally speak to each other in the game i was on an xbox and you guys were on you were on a ps4 yeah and we so. ended up in squads with randoms who were on both i mean when from what i could see if they were on playstation it showed the playstation icon yeah if they weren't it just showed a screen so it could have been xbox or it could have been pc mm -hmm. they were using a controller though so my guess would have been xbox yeah yeah but yeah, I, I had fun jumping into that with you last night, and I look forward to putting some more time into it now yeah. that, I mean, I'm still addicted to the Division 2 and mm -hmm. the Warlords of New York expansion, so I'm probably still going to stick with that for a while, but yeah. Warzone has the potential to pull me away from that when it comes to twitchy, shootery stuff. Do you guys have other experience with uh, Battle Royales yeah. that, that have come out, like PUBG and Fortnite and stuff? Yeah, I was yeah. going to ask, how does it compare to other Battle Royales? Oh, man, it's... Uh, so, go ahead. Uh, you you want to? No, no, no. Go ahead. All right. Yeah, you, so, you go ahead, cozy. Then we can. If you watch my streams, you know that I'm quite fond of Apex Legends. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, Call of Duty uh, Warzone is somehow even faster and even uh, mm -hmm. more. How, how should I say? Like in some ways, Fren frenetic, twitchy, twitchy. yeah, yeah. A athletic <laughs> than. Um, Apex Legends uh, and like uh, what it lacks I'd say in character you know in getting to hear all of the various uh, personas that you inhabit in Apex Legends interact with each other uh, it makes up for in that Call of Duty level of polish uh, that you've come to expect from the series uh, and also from a bunch of neat little stuff like uh, for example being able to get into cars for example and be able to drive around uh, helicopters the, too yeah mm -hmm. the gulag uh, mechanic where when you die you get to go into a one-on-one -on -one confrontation with another player and if you win you get automatically respawn back to the battlefield for free um, being able to purchase uh, new items from uh, chests uh, including like turrets or the ability to just buy back one of your down comrades there's um there's a lot that, that really kind of sets it apart and i know uh, when, when this was announced uh you guys were saying that oh this is like an apex legends killer and like undeniably this is going to go on to be more successful than apex legends but i feel like it is just substantially different enough that i can totally see a universe in which the two coexist at the same time i i can i can agree with you there but i feel like we're going to end up at a point where the casual audience that was very much into fortnite that didn't necessarily migrate to apex when that released Mm. is going to go 
bonkers for Call of Duty Warzone just because it is so... I mean, it's free-to-play, for one, which matches the other Battle Royale models other than PUBG, which RIP PUBG after the Call of Duty release. I mean, I don't, I don't see that, you know, being as substantial a player in the market with Call of Duty now doing their own free-to-play Battle Royale. But I can see a larger audience forming for Call of Duty because it is approachable. It's arguably the largest entertainment IP of all time, just based on mm-hmm. sale numbers. Just numbers, yeah. So mm-hmm. I there there isn't a universe where I don't see this being wildly successful. And I really like what they've done here in that Call of Duty Warzone, it may be bundled with Modern Warfare for this year's release. But as long as they make that its own standalone platform, like its its own software platform, and let's say next year is a Black Ops game, or 2020 is a Black Ops game, they just do Call of Duty Warzone Black Ops whatever, or Call of Duty Warzone Infinite Black Ops or whatever they're going to call it, Ooh. right? Just add add these add the seasonal content to the game as opposed to having to make it a fully new fleshed out game every year. And that's going to be printing money for decades, I would imagine. Number one. I would like an Infinite Warfare Space Battle Royale because that sounds Hell super yeah. fun. Uh, I'm just going to say that. Number two, I've got no experience with the Battle Royales. Fortnite didn't hook me because I hated the what? building. Uh, I just too. never yeah. got into Apex. Um, Apex, my biggest issue, I don't know. It just wasn't the gameplay that was catching me, but I love the characters. I love all the vignettes and everything they've done. And I think that's where Warzone's going to be missing. Because it's very generic and very Call of Duty in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. I, I'm I'm assuming nobody here gave that uh, Battlefield um, Battle Royale that came out like last year or something a shot. No, the, not not one minute. Wait, was it fire the Rain of Fire? Firestorm. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, that it, it looked cool, but I didn't. I it just it just missed me, and I actually prefer. Uh, the battlefield style gameplay to Call of Duty, but I don't I don't know what why why this one may, maybe it's just the right time for this one for me personally. But um, yeah, there, there's something about it that that's kind of grabbing me. Um, I, I still don't think I'm gonna buy a, a Call of Duty yet. But. I think I think for me it is like Fortnite and. Apex never hooked me. Fortnite, again, it was the building. And Apex, for me, it was... I jumped in when it first released, but I felt like immediately, one, there wasn't enough content, and two, they were already putting content behind paywalls, understanding it is a free-to-play game, so Mm -hmm. whatever. But with each character having its own unique attributes and skills, I felt like I wouldn't progress unless I could in some way unlock those characters, whether it be through grinding out premium currency or spending the money to unlock those characters. With Call of Duty, there is, there isn't that model. the The free to playness of it looks to, at least for me at this point, be mostly cosmetic. It isn't impacting the gameplay in any way, which I really appreciate. So everyone can come in with that. I mean, given you will still progress, you'll create your loadouts and all that stuff. And what's really something really nice about Warzone is you can do a loadout deployment where you can drop loadouts onto the field. Everyone can see them, but if you get to it, you can. Spawn, immediately spawn one of your custom loadouts so if there's a gun you really like you can make sure that if you, that drops you get to it you get your gun um, but I don't know it, like I used to play the Call of Duty games every year it's been a couple of years since I've played one but it's just the, the the shooting is the best first person shooting experience that I feel like I ever 
have. I know we've talked a few times on this show about Doom 2016 and how kinetic and frenetic that felt, but it never... I never connected with Doom 2016 the way that I connected to the Call of Duty games, and it's probably just from playing them since... I think the first one I played was Call of Duty 3 on the 360 at a friend's house, but I really got into it with Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4. And since then, with a couple of lapses, I've played almost every campaign and multiplayer, so I'm I'm really looking forward to playing some more Warzone. That sounds... I, yeah. Oh, oh, go uh, ahead. Alex. I was just, I mean, not as the uh, as the resident Doom lover. I will also say you did play Doom on the Switch, which is thirty frames per second, where Call of Duty has always been a consistent sixty. So that might have been part of the reason why you didn't have that connection with it. But I'm not here to just defend Doom. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I mean, you you really like that game, and I I appreciate what it did. I really enjoyed it. It just for me, it was the I really like the idea of get to a point, aim down sights, target, and Doom was much more in motion yeah, than Call of Duty. I, li- I like I like the I like that style of shooter. Hmm. I, I'm not necessarily attached to the style of shooter that Doom was, so that's just for me a personal preference. That's but completely fair, yeah. The, the it had next, nothing to do with the Switch. The next thing that I want to see from a battle royale, um like like people get obsessed with like, you know, uh, player count cuz Apex has 60 still i believe um 60 Co- player Cozy, counts. can you confirm that you're our resident apex guy uh apex yes that's correct yeah uh pub has 100 mm-hmm. um fortnite's 100 yeah. fortnite's 100 um I'm, I'm not sure about the battlefield one or anything like that but it doesn't um, matter it's irrelevant to the conversation tetris, at this point, tetris 99 has 99 yeah yeah the best Do battle you... royale i've played up to this yep. point. that's fair <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do you guys remember the Just Cause multiplayer mod thing that came out? Like two thousand players, two or three thousand players. That sounds like a nightmare. Like people, like for like call this Call of Duty Warzone has a hundred and fifty, I yes, believe, correct yeah. players. Um, and that just feels like a oh, we're just doing it to be more. Whereas if they, if 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 the uh, a battle royale could commit to that that just cause multiplayer like two or three thousand people per match i think then there would be like something super special but that'll finally get that won't happen until next gen or maybe even so here so hear me out ps5 sony exclusive out of guerrilla games mag mag 2 oh (laughs) man 2000 player battle royale 2048 mag 2048 Ooh. I mean, set it in the future, can, like 2,048 players. I mean, Go ahead, I, Cozy. I, I, obviously, I'd be excited to see what one of Sony's first-party studios do with a kind of battle royale concept. But is it necessary to revive the Mag name? You know, Mag enjoyed a pretty uh, lively and devoted fan base while it was still around. But I feel like most people think about when they think about Mag, they think about a cool idea that ultimately failed to really kind of capture the masses and i feel like they would rather take one of their existing more successful properties and try and figure out how to battle royaleify that i figured it out i figured it out we talked a few weeks ago about what we would do to revive the resistance franchise resistance 2048 where it takes place in an alternate future with its own 2000 player battle royale I, uh, considering how, you know, cool and uh, zany some of the guns are in the Resistance series, I feel like that has the potential to be really cool. 
I also feel like that would piss off a lot of resistance fans that are waiting for a more traditional experience, but well, it cool would idea. still it would need cool to be idea. years and it need to be years in the making. It still has to have a solid single player, but the focus would be the multiplayer. Think of it like um, Battlefield one or Battlefield that had its battle royale mode. It is a cool battle royale, but it also has a very tight story driven experience associated with it. I don't know how you do it, but a Ratchet and Clank battle royale. Oh my god, I would kill for that. Even if it's just sixteen people. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like just like thirty two or something. Isn't that just people. a multiplayer mode? <laughs> well that was what was it was Ratchet Deadlock. Deadlock. Uh, yeah. yeah. God, I love the arena shooter style of that. Give me give me a Ratchet and Clank arena shooter and I would put hundreds of hours into it. Mm-hmm. Listen, Microsoft is behind and they are way overdue f- for the Halo. Uh, battle royale of our dreams. The rumors so. are that Halo Infinite will have a battle royale, and that's part of the reason why they haven't gonna revealed happen. it yet. Well, what? Yeah. But when are they going to reveal it? That's okay. We we yeah. got to move on. We've only been talking about what AJ's been playing. So, so in all <laughs> fairness, we've crossed COD off everybody's list. So yes. I Can think I, we're uh, good for COD at this point. Go Can ahead, I go. just say one more thing? Go ahead, Cozy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just want to say, you know, at the end of the day. Uh, whatever uh, battle royale uh, this game does or does not kill, uh, I appreciate this uh, game's presence on the market because I know that based on its presence, uh, the other battle royales are going to need to adapt and they're going to need to make measures to make themselves more appealing. And, you know, for a while now, a lot of people have talked about, hey, uh, Apex Legends takes place in the Titanfall universe. Wouldn't it be cool if you could play as Titans? And like pretty definitively i don't think that we're going to see titans in this iteration of the call of duty series but we could see them very well pop up in apex now now that the pressure is on them to perform and not lose their title as one of the more higher performing battle royales so yeah competition does breed innovation so you have to hope like we're seeing that now uh i know it's kind of tangential to this and we're not going to talk about it in the news but the nfl is a come to an agreement with 2k to develop a new football game starting mm. next year so really? now madden is going to have competition in the market yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, so 2k is going to start making football games again and that's going to hopefully make both games better the rising tide raises all ships so Agreed. to speak oh uh, i hope wwe does something similar to that well uh. oh, with ukes no longer developing the 2k games you got to hope they go out and do something that just blows people's brains mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we've talked about COD a lot and Battle Royals, so we're going <laughs> to yeah. move on to uh, Balant. What have you been doing? Oh, uh, so there's a couple of things. Uh, for one, just a continuation of last week, I uh, finished Katana Zero, and oh, man, that game nice. is... Yeah, it's so much fun. It's such an interesting, like, because with the side-scroller, like, the story elements and the fact that, like, the choosing your own dialogue and... Uh, there, are, I'm pretty sure from what I could tell that there are multiple endings, like, and just the whole aesthetic of it. I had a really great time playing it, and it was a lot of fun. Soundtrack's amazing. I picked um, it up when it first came out on Switch. Unfortunately, I would have rather get a PS4 version, but at the time I wasn't sure if it was going to come to PS4. But it's a fantastic game. I loved my time yeah. with it. I really got to get to that on the Switch. It's been sitting in my my wish list forever, and I'm just waiting for the right sale to to bite the bullet on it. Yeah, it was 100% worth playing. It's so frenetic. It makes you just feel like an ultra badass when you, like, pull off your, your route right and you just do it all correctly. It just it feels so satisfying every time. 
So I know before you got into Katana Zero, you were starting to play through the Drinkbox games. Is this yes. now a chance to go and pick up the next one? What's your next game going to be? What My is next it? game is actually going to be After Party, Ooh. which is the... Uh, it's I can't remember what the uh, studio is called, but uh, Oxenfree, it's uh, the, by the same developer as Oxenfree. It's, from what I can tell, the, uh, the whole idea is you and your best friend have died and you go to hell and you have to outdrink the devil. That's, oh, Jesus. That's the whole, like, that's the whole plot synopsis. And with that, I'm really excited. And so it's, it's like a, it's kind of a, it's an adventure game, basically. It's like, n- uh, night school studios. Yes. yes. I was just looking that up too. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But then I had a video autoplay on me from their website and it scared me. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the that's my next Switch game until nice. Animal Crossing comes I out. I want to try that um, uh, after party uh, because it just looks fun. It looks mm-hmm. like a yeah, good time. For sure. It looks immensely charming, and I really can't wait to play it. And hopefully by next week I'll be able to report back. And I'm going to try to – I'm trying to find time to play it through in one sitting because I know it's a relatively short game. I mean, you're going to have to finish it with Doom and Animal Crossing both releasing next week, right? Yeah, that's that's the whole plan. <laughs> that's the is motivator, as, right? As you're not going to pick I'm, anything up after that. Yeah, as soon as I'm done that, it's like everything else on my wish list or on my wish list, on my uh, backlog is just going to take a take a break until uh, <laughs> at least finishing uh, Doom. Because I have a feeling Animal Crossing will be like a constant, persistent like game that I'm just going to be constantly like playing. Um, that then I'll be able to like play other things in between it, but I have a feeling that once I start Animal Crossing, it's not really gonna stop for a while. <laughs> Who's getting Animal Crossing? Just to confirm, I'm I'm, I, I'm picking it up because my sister is addicted to those games, and it'll give me something to play with her. It's the whole reason she bought a Switch was to play Animal Crossing. Yeah, I get it for my wife and my kids, and I'm gonna give it a solid try to see if I can get into it. So we're just going to hang out on each other's islands all day and just have a blast. Hell right? yeah. But you're not getting shovel privileges. Turn... Oh, oh, never. God, no. Oh, you guys you guys know. I was going to turn your islands into hellscapes. Um, okay, anything else going on? Uh, so two very quick things. Uh, for one, this isn't ex- – it's kind of gaming related. I uh, started watching on Apple TV Plus the Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet, which was revealed at the Ubisoft press conference yeah. at E3 last year. I really want to watch that. It's okay. Oh, the no. stuff. Never rem- mind. Here's the thing. Because it's, it's, um, it's done by Rob – I can't remember his last name – from Always Sunny. Yeah. And like it's he's like he's like the front runner of it. He's the main he's the main actor in it. Um, and like Charlie Day writes has written I think he wrote like almost every episode. And so all of the stuff that's like that's like Always Sunny that like has that feel is really funny. And I genuinely have laughed like out loud laughed at it quite a few times. So it's Rob McElhaney. Yes, that's his name. Um, Which but, you should have been able to figure out because we have Nathan McKinnerney. They're close, right? McInerney. I knew it was something like that, but I didn't. Oh, McInerney, man. sorry. Oh, good. I knew it was. I knew it was something like that, but I didn't want to say it and just completely butcher it uh, like I was going to because I don't have it up in front of me. And I, I pulled it up because I was going to say McInerney, mm-hmm. and that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, my, I, I haven't finished it yet. I'm going to just because I, since I have Apple TV Plus, I might as well actually use that service. Um, but it's like. It's very okay, but it is still kind of, like, dealing with a lot of, like, the let's have gamer culture be cool, and it's, like, just Ugh. inherently cringy, um, which kind of sucks, because this is, like, the close... I feel like this is the closest thing you're going to get to it not being, and it still kind of inherently is. So, but- my, wa- 
Yeah, go ahead. My wife is on a rewatch of The Big Bang Theory right now. She's it's on not as bad as that. She's on season eight right now, and I want to shoot myself while she's watching it's, it. It is it is like a million times better than that, but it still has that kind of inherent like, uh, like because there's they're not. I'm not gonna spoil anything. There, there's a character that's supposed to be like the big time streamer, and he's like 12 because I guess that's funny. And he's just every that's time that character that character every time he shows up, it's just like, it just sucks because it's like. A lot of because it's it's about a, a development studio for an MMO, yeah. And they're like constant, and they have to like deal with problems. And there's some like kind of relevant problems to, or like relevant things to like what's happening in the game and games industry now. And a lot of that stuff is actually kind of funny. And like I think some of it is pretty well written, but then some of the other stuff just kind of it's just it's just not great. Um, it's also really weird because like the game that they're supposed to be developing. They use footage from Ubisoft games. Like, they use a lot of For Honor footage and a lot of Assassin's mm. Creed footage, and it's just inherently jarring because I can recognize those things. Mm. And it's also really it, weird when they show it compared to, like, the kind of shitty 3D models that they have for, like, what the, like, for things that are not in a Ubisoft game that they can't just use that footage for. And it's just, like, super jarring in comparison because the graphics are just not as good. Yeah, so it sounds like there's a, it's almost a bit of like advertising for their own products with how closely they worked with Ubisoft on this project, which yeah. is kind of disappointing to hear. I am glad, though, that they touched on some of the more interesting points of game dev, and I, I do want to check it out for that yeah. reason. I would definitely say it's worth worth watching, especially if you already have Apple TV+, because there's kind of nothing on that service that's worth watching. I watched about half an episode of C, and that's about all I've consumed from Apple TV+, since my future sister-in-law bought a new iPhone and we got it for free. Mm -hmm. yeah, How I about The Morning Show? Uh, anybody, anybody watch The Morning Show? My sister raved about it. I need to get to it. Yeah, me too. Okay. Uh, and uh, I, I was just going to go say ahead. earlier, it, the issue that you were describing where you're watching uh, the game that they're developing and you're like, oh, wait a minute, that's footage from Ubisoft games I'm already familiar with. That kind of reminds me of, um, you guys are familiar with the movie The Wizard? Yes. yes. Yeah. With uh, the, Fred the Savage. Movie. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So there's this scene, uh, somewhat infamous, uh, kind of midway through the movie where he basically starts playing double dragon and he like mush mashes a bunch of buttons and then he walks away from it disinterested and then his brother comes over to it and he's like oh my god he got like fifty thousand in double dragon but everybody who had played double dragon who was watching the footage was like wait a minute he's just playing the like intro to the game where it's like a cutscene that you don't actually have any control over but <laughs> They, they they played it off to make it seem like he was in control of that segment and he got an incredible score. I mean, wow. that's just filmmaking, right? Like, it, every every time I see a cell phone that isn't actually placing a call, when they put it up to their face and it's like the lock screen, yeah. that stuff really, really bugs me <laughs> when I see that. And I'm not even a film student, so I can't even imagine how jarring that is for you, Alex. Oh, yeah. Uh, speaking of being a film student, that's the other thing that I've been doing this whole week. <laughs> I am the, the master of segues! And the reason why I am immensely tired is because the last two weeks I was helping um, my partner shoot her student short film for the year, and it's been a whole lot of fun, but very long hours, a lot of heavy equipment, and, but like, so, so my partner is also my girlfriend, uh, Ooh. because, yeah, so, 
just it was kind of incredible because this was her her short film. I'm shooting mine actually tomorrow. Uh, from when we're recording this, uh, for the next two days, I'm gonna be. I don't know what I'm gonna do because I'm really I'm nervous, but I'm also very excited about it. But um, just watching her work with her actors and like just setting up shots and figuring out lighting, it was kind of amazing. She's not gonna listen to any of this, um, even if I tell her to. But <laughs> you know, I'm so incredibly proud of her. She did such an amazing job. Working well, now she has she to listen to this so yeah. that she hears you gush about how great her work is. <laughs> it was it was incredible to watch, and I'm I'm so proud of her. So um, when do I get to be in a movie? Oh man, I mean, you know what? Uh, I'll send you auditions for my next thing, and you know what? You I, might get it, you might not. Yeah. Mr. HR, is that not a conflict of interest in some way if he puts you in his film? No, oh, I mean, I'm I, not making any money, that's fine. I, oh, okay, that's fair. I mean, neither are we, so that's fine. In all fairness, as the HR person, I get to decide whether it's a conflict of interest or not, and I'm going to say no. That's true. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. All right, perfect, thanks, Alex. Uh, Cozy. We're going to jump into you. I know you've had some heartbreaking news this week. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go super in-depth, uh, but basically I was planning on attending a Pokemon Go event uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, towards the end of the month. Uh, this event, uh, for those of you who are in the know, is called a Pokemon Go Safari Zone. And basically what it is is you're kind of allowed to enter into a sort of secluded area, usually like a park or some sort of recreational area of some sort and for a brief period of time usually from like 10 or 12 uh in the morning until six in the afternoon you get to capture a wide variety of pokemon some exotic that are not usually easily available uh in that area and basically the event was happening and then it wasn't happening because of the coronavirus um and I mean, let's let, let's be correct. Like coronavirus is a type of virus. Specifically, this is COVID nineteen, which is the twenty nineteen yeah. variant of the virus. Yeah, we I learned to, that today. Yeah, we. I, I, I'm in agreement that we need to specify exactly what kind of coronavirus we're talking about. Someone right could now. be listening to this three years from now. It's like, what's it? Why not coronavirus twenty twenty two? Like, yeah. you never know. We need to be careful about coronavirus twenty twenty two. That's the one. Oh, if you get that one, unspeakable things happen. Well, I mean, oh, this is like, I know we're kind of tangenting a bit, but oh. it's like this virus is of the same strain as SARS, right? SARS was yeah. also a coronavirus just of that. Yeah. Year. So it's, it. I don't know, the, the world's messed up and this sucks. So I'm, why did they call it a coronavirus? Because it started with them drinking Corona beers. Don't that, no no it, we don't want legal the, coming after us. It, don't. It's the appearance of the virus. It has these little speck things on it that look like crowns. Okay, Corona, oh. got it. Well, Corona is like what Latin or Greek or like it, it derives from the same word as crown or something like that. So that's interesting. Uh, yeah, today I learned. Uh, so anyway, so that was unfortunate. Um, I was able to get a refund on the hotel that I was gonna. Uh, spend my time there. Uh, I mean, that's good. Th but uh, things are still unresolved with regards to the plane tickets, but I'm not going to go into detail there. That's um, nice. Not really video game related, but I also saw the new uh, My Hero Academia movie. Um, oh, nice. What'd you think? Um, it was a fun time. Uh, I did have some mixed opinions on the ending of it. Uh, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but basically they make... Uh, they introduce an incredible twist that they end up kind of largely retconning out of it by the end of it. 
And, you know, this has been discussed on some other avenues, uh, some other podcasts here and there, how, like, this is a very typical thing of most other anime movies. They introduce some really cool conceit or villain or something or other that by the end of the show they have to just retcon or ignore or do something or other so that it won't interrupt the normal events of the show. Um, And so I should have expected that here, but I was still kind of heartbroken because... Like, by and large, uh, so much of why I've enjoyed My Hero Academia is because, while in some ways it is, you know, tropey and in line with other shonen anime, it is also subversive and is actually uh, bent and twisted a lot of tropes in some really kind of clever ways. And so I thought of all the anime movies that could have done it, this could have been the anime movie to finally be like, hey, what happens in this movie is, like, canon and it's going to have, like, major and incredible repercussions on the rest of the show, but didn't fully go through with it. Um, but it is still a fun time and features some gorgeous animation, and if you enjoy My Hero Academia, I would recommend that you go and check so it out. So can I ask you a question? Um, mm-hmm. I hear a lot about My Hero Academia. My experience in anime up to this point has been Dragon Ball and Sailor Moon. Do we count Digimon as anime? Digimon is yeah, anime. Pokemon's okay. anime. Yeah, Fooly so I've watched all three yeah. seasons of Yu Yu Hashiro. So Inuyasha. Okay, so now we're saying stuff I don't know. So let's <laughs> keep that going. Um, oh so yeah. Kind of Suba. Is this something that a non-anime fan can get into? Like, what's the Cole's Notes version yeah. of My Hero Academia? Why should I watch it? Uh, it is a superhero anime about a world where eighty percent of the world's population have superpowers, a lot like mutants in the X-Men universe Uh, and the protagonist of the series is somebody who is born without superpowers and he has a chance encounter with that world's equivalent of Superman basically this all-powerful hero that has very few things that threaten him or slow him down and uh, one thing leads to another and the Superman like hero becomes convinced to Uh, pass on his powers to uh, this young uh, person believing that he has the kind of heart and willpower to uh, use him for good in the next generation of heroes that's being cultivated all right okay yeah i'm not that was a very good pitch yeah i'm not much of an anime guy but everything i hear about my hero has me wanting to watch it cozy how do you consume that in canada because i've been trying to figure out how to watch crunchyroll uh yeah i use crunchyroll how much is that in Canada? Because I can't really justify. You can do it with free with service. free with ads. I think. Yeah. Can you? At least I had it for yeah. a little bit, and I watched it free with ads. I may check that out then, because I'd uh, be fine watching ads. I, I use Crunchyroll a lot, so I pay for it. Uh, but I used to use it with ads, and it was fine with ads. Yeah. Nice. Dubbed or subbed? Uh, I, I use subbed, but it's it's not like a thing where I feel particularly hard about one way or the other. I'll just, I'll go with whatever is most convenient to me, and sometimes it's dubbed, and sometimes it's subbed. Uh, Fair. I can switch either way. Um, Not that I've watched a lot of anime, but I did try to watch that new Sailor Moon series they did a while back. Hmm. So, Hmm. Crystal. Um, And I think I watched the dubbed version of that one. Hmm. I I go back and forth on sub versus dubbed, um, because, like, it depends on the the English voices. If the English voices are good, like they are... In, for me, they're good in Dragon Ball, and they're good in Fooly Cooly. Otherwise, you know, I don't really partake in anime, because right. I have to read it, and I'd rather watch it. 
Uh, one thing I will say, sorry, I realize that we've been talking about this for a while now, but nope. um, as you know, I've been practicing Japanese a little bit over the past few months, and yes. uh, I actually find that watching subbed anime has helped uh, my Japanese learning ever so slightly in that I'll be watching a episode of sub Pokemon and I'll be like, oh, I recognize that word. I recognize that word too. I'm matching it up with the subtitles. So hmm. there's actually a like linguistic... Uh, learning advantage to me watching it subbed at the moment. Nice, nice. I mean, I used I used to do that with French content in Canada, and I feel like it helped me that way. I feel like going into it knowing zero Japanese, I usually do dubbed. But if it's something I'm going into net new, I could definitely you know mess with it being subbed at least for a bit, and then maybe transition back. Mitch, let's watch mm. one episode this week and see how we do. I'm down. Let's okay. do it. Sub though, right? uh, sub sure, yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll, right, we'll cool. both download Crunchyroll and see if we can watch one at the first episode, and then give our thoughts next. You week. got it. All right, Mitch, I'm going to jump to you now. Uh, what have you got going on? I've talked a lot, so <laughs> I'll just like it's been Warzone. It's been way more of the Division Two than I ever expected to play. Got through the uh, main story portion of the DLC. The first season of the DLC dropped, and I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. My party is playing tonight, and I'm not, and I'm missing out, and it sucks. So Sorry. I'm probably going to... No. I'm, they listen to this, and you know what? Screw you guys. I'd rather do this and then play with you at some point when I have free time. I am a busy person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I hope that didn't just drive two viewers away, but whatever. Uh, the other thing that I did this week is I actually... And Alex is going to love me for this. I watched Peanut Butter Falcon. Ooh, Nice. Uh, which is a film starring Shia LaBeouf, where he befriends a man with Down syndrome who has dream aspirations of being a professional wrestler. And they sort of go on this journey to get him to this wrestling school to meet his hero. And it's, it's oh my God, like it was a really, really good movie. Why haven't I watched this? It's on, it's on Crave, oh. which is where I watched it, which is nice. Nobody told me it had wrestling in it. I'd be down for that. Yeah. <laughs> he has he has aspirations of being a professional wrestler. It's a great story starring Shia LaBeouf and Dakota Johnson, I think is her name. Yes. I do not remember the name of the actor, the actor with Down syndrome. She was in the ones but... with 50, 50 Shades of Grey, right? She was in the 50. Yeah. Correct. She's way better in this, I promise you. <laughs> yeah, she actually gets to do something and have a character. Uh, uh, Thomas, was is is it Thomas Hayden Church, I believe is yes. his name? He's also in it. He's a, he's a, he, he does a great job. Uh, and it's just this really nice story of these two unlikely friends becoming really close and going on this journey together. And it was fabulous. I recommend anyone who has any, like Shia LaBeouf does some weird stuff. This is some of his weird stuff that's really, really good. So anyone who can, check out Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, he really had a resurgence last year with that and Honey Boy. Oh, yes, yes. I never saw Honey Boy, but Peanut Butter Falcon, highly recommend. And other than that, work, wedding planning, life, probably not gonna honeymoon in italy anymore that say la vie yeah. that's that's been my week it's been nuts that's fair all right and on to me and some person from middle school has changed my name to macaroni uh on the run of show here so i just like to point that out there i promise you it wasn't me i was too busy talking. it's fine one two three not it <laughs> Uh, regardless, <laughs> I actually didn't play a bunch of video games last week. I was at a work summit, which is why I missed the show last week. Uh, we were there all week, so not a lot to do. However, upon the day arriving home, I got a review code for a game I can't talk about on PSVR yet. I Wink three times if it's Iron Man VR. It's not. If it is, I'm driving to your so, house. So uh, my guess is I will have that before it comes out, though. 
He definitely winked three times, guys. <laughs> I am coming to your so house. So the best, I, I will give a very abstract hint that it's don't no, don't don't even don't even all worry right. about it. I think it, you can don't get, get your yeah, impressions when you can. Don't get yourself you in trouble. All right, all right. With with a different HR. The other thing I wanted to ask you, Nathan, is we talked about this when we were playing it last week, and I know you were anxious to get home and play it yourself. Alex and I both talked about it on last week's show. What did you think of the demo for Final Fantasy VII Remake? So I liked it. I played on classic mode because that's how I thought I wanted to play it, and I need to go through and play it on the normal mode. Uh, yes, what is you do. it like on classic mode? I don't actually know. <sighs> I want to play it on classic mode before the game comes out. Is that the turn base? Yeah. yeah. Well, the semi turn yeah. oh, base. It's still action, but I think it pauses when you do the actions. I need to play the regular mode so I can see how it varies. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. It was good. I liked the character development. Uh, it echoed what I remembered playing, and I played Final Fantasy VII, the remaster, at least the first few hours um, the, with that scene. I want to say two years ago when it, they dropped it on the PSN. Uh, for the PlayStation 4. So it's really like a neat updated version of it. I'm curious to play more and I'm actually really hyped for it now. So put me on the hype train. We're going to have too. a lot we're going to have a lot to say when that game drops for sure between you me and Alex. I yeah. don't know if AJ and Cozy if you're thinking of picking it up as well. I definitely want to give it a shot. It'll just be a matter of figuring how it's going to fit into my schedule. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm kind of so, in the same boat cuz I never played the original and so it's just like it's been one of those things that that have been one of my gaming shames, I guess. That I I, I know all the spoilers. I just don't know what it's like to actually play I mean, it, and it, I just could not get into the original. AJ, I'm totally in the same boat. I did not play the original at all. Jumping mm-hmm. into the like, I had you know, I figured I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts enough from the action RPG perspective, and jumping into the demo, I'm totally sold on it now. So if you have any inkling, I definitely recommend boot up your ps4 download the demo at least give that a shot and if that hooks you great if it doesn't then it's just not your cup of so tea. i'm at a i'm Fair. at a point as a guy who's played pretty much every final fantasy at this point final fantasy 7 through 9 haven't aged well the remasters are good but they still feel very slow uh there's ways that you can speed through it but often they take longer t- through the speed through it ways so i'm excited for new gamers to get a take on this story and where it's gonna Did go you- did you guys see the Let's Play that Kind of Funny did for Final Fantasy VII Remake no, demo? No, I didn't. Yeah, so for those who aren't familiar, they had one of their hosts, Andy Cortez, play Ooh. through the original game on the PS4 up to the same point that the demo ends and then hopped immediately into the demo for Remake. And looking at Seven the way it plays now, I could not touch that game with a 10-foot Yeah, pole. Seven, it, it has not aged well at all. So they fixed the sprites on it. It's just the gameplay is still very, very slow. And I I don't think 7 is the best of the trilogy on PS1. I actually think Final Fantasy IX is probably the best of them because I prefer that old fantasy setting. Um, and that's my favorite one. But even going back and playing Final Fantasy IX, it doesn't play quick enough. I tried to go back and play it, and it just... You have some nostalgia for those old games, but if you didn't play it, it's really hard. And to finish off what we've been playing this week and talk a bit about nostalgia, I've been going to and playing Shadows of the Colossus as well. And I don't want to get into any spoilers because it's free on PS Plus this month, and I think we're going to talk about it maybe next month at some point, hopefully. Uh, but I'm yeah, I've, be, I've, I've never five. played it, and that's probably the next game I'm booting up. Yeah, uh, I bought it a couple months ago, like the physical copy, and so I'm really excited to actually like get to it. I'm and five I think or, now this will be a good excuse to. I'm five or six colossi into the game, and it remo- it's just as beautiful and 
obviously updated, but it's just as beautiful as I remember. And all the like you guys are familiar enough with the gameplay where you're just taking down the Colossi, right? Yes. Yeah, I, I'm I'm familiar enough, but I want to like I know nothing about the game other than you fight Colossi and you're on so a horse. E- so it's a it. completely <laughs> empty world. You travel and you find the Colossi. There's no other enemies in it beyond the Colossi, and each Colossi is a separate puzzle on how you beat them. So it's really a pu- it's a action adventure, but it's really a puzzle game at its heart. Each each Colossi is is both the puzzle and the dungeon. Yes. That's the best way to put that. Yep. Hmm. So I'm curious to hear people's feedback from a non-nostalgia point of view, but I'm loving it. So, um, all right. So we're going to wrap up what we've been playing and we're going to get into the weekly news dump. And well, nothing has really happened this week. We do have, Oh wait, no, no, something's happened. Something's happened. Hours before recording this show, we got the, what, I mean, it was going to be call of duty was going to be the big news of the week. Then this shit dropped. In the yes. Of so. The yes, and AJ commented on my post about this on Facebook with like seven songs of nostalgia and death. So, e- so let's get into it. E3 has been canceled. I'm gonna read a statement or from the. Has it? Yes, it has. Pour one out for the homie. <laughs> I'm, oh. I'm gonna read a oh, statement well. from uh, from the ESA. After careful consultation with our member companies regarding the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners, we've made the difficult decision to cancel E3 2020, scheduled for June 9th to 11th in Los Angeles. Following increased and overwhelming concerns about the COVID-19 virus, we felt that this is the best way to proceed during such an unprecedented global situation we are very disappointed that we are unable to hold the event for our fans and supporters but we know it's the right decision based on the information we have today our team will be reaching out directly to exhibitors and attendees with information about providing full refunds we are also exploring options with our members to coordinate an online experience to showcase industry announcements and news in june 2020 updates will be shared on e3expo.com we thank everyone who shared their views on reimagining E3 this year, and we look forward to bringing you E3 2021 as reimagined event that brings fans, media, and the industry together in a showcase that celebrates the global video game industry. So that's what's come from the ESA. I'm just going to put this out before we start discussing. E3 is never going to be the same again. It's dead. It's dead. Like, it's officially <laughs> dead now. I, I mean, we've talked in the past about maybe they rebrand as a consumer-focused show, and that might bring back some of the exhibitors, or maybe they've licensed the brand to somebody else. But I think, as, like, depending on what publishers and developers do in June in terms of this online presence that E3 is offering, if they realize that they can just deliver direct to consumers the way that Nintendo's been doing for years at this point, they don't need to spend the money on the real estate at a physical location to be able to get that same information to the folks that need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it looks like that's already happening. I mean, like, if you look on Twitter, Phil Spencer tweeted uh, about how important E3 was. I'm going to read the tweet because I actually have yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. E3, Go for is, it. E3 has always been important to an important moment for Team Xbox. Given this decision, this year we'll celebrate the next generation of gaming with the Xbox community and all those who love to play via Xbox, via an Xbox digital event details on timing and more in the coming weeks so it looks like xbox is going to be adopting this uh digital presentation format i mean they've already been doing it a bit with the inside xbox right and sony's been doing the same with their state of play Mm -hmm. so 
it's it's inevitable that this is going to be the case and i know we're talking specifically about the cancellation of e3 and how it impacts the industry directly but honestly to take a step back to look at all of the there's been a number of conferences that are either getting canceled postponed or moved to an online presence a big one here in toronto the collision conference was canceled for this year Mm -hmm. and they're moving to an online presence which is a huge economic impact on the city you look at a city like san francisco where they've declared a state of emergency and moscone that has had i think at this point 11 or 12 conference cancellations in san francisco There are catering companies involved that have had to lay off a ton of staff. You look at organizers, you look at security companies, you look at all the other tan- like adjacent businesses that are impacted by this large um, consumer show shift for this year and the number of industries that are being impacted by this virus. And it's just, it's, it's awful to see this happening and my heart goes out to anyone who's been or will be impacted by this virus in the coming weeks and months. Can I share a bit of news that Jason Shires tweeted out? You have to share this. I saw this as well, and my mind was goddamn blown. WB was going to hold their first showcase to talk oh, about the new Harry shit. Potter movie and the new or the new Harry Potter game and the new Rocksteady game. Oh, the new Harry and Potter the new movie. Batman game. They said there'd be a Batman game. Is it game finally going to happen? So after it, this will still happen digitally online. There's no question. Okay. We don't we don't know that for sure. Oh, we don't man. know what form it's going to take, but we know those things are coming, which is great. That sucks when though that we're not going to get the hype of like the actual press conference itself. That was one of the things that I was yeah. really disappointed with with um with Xbox is that X, this was Xbox's moment. This year was going to be Xbox's moment to really be the front runner of next generation because Sony's they were going to have the week to themselves. Yes, essentially. Sony, Nintendo, none of them were going to be at E3. This was Xbox's moment for as much as we thought that last year, it was going to be this year. So Nintendo does their digital direct, but they always have a presence on the show floor. Whereas Microsoft is actually separate from E3 itself. They do everything at the Microsoft theater. Oh, okay. So not, not to say Nintendo doesn't participate in E3. They always have a direct mm-hmm. and always have a pretty significant floor presence with whatever their big game for the year yeah. is. And for this year, we don't know what it is. Oh, yeah, It could be true. friggin' Metroid Prime 4 for all we know. We don't know at this point anything really substantial after Animal Crossing. So this E3 could have also been huge for Nintendo to come out and be like, we have all these games we sort of announced and they're coming this year. Like imagine if we got an E3 where <clears throat> Metroid Prime 4 was nearing completion the Breath of the Wild sequel was ready to show. Uh, you have the Trials of Mana remake. You have Bayonetta 3, maybe. Like, they could have had a really significant presence there, and it's a shame to see that all of that's going to be digital now, which well, is how we the, all consume that content, yeah. but not the industry the way they consume that content. There, there's a lot of focus that everybody puts on, oh, the announcements of E3, right? And, like, yeah, that that is, like, the major part of E3 and why E3 happens. So these big companies can make these announcements so the rest of us know what's coming next. But for me, like, E3 just kind of as, as, as the week happened was always kind of a momentous occasion for me. Like, I would gather around as a, as a kid – uh, get get my friends together. We'd gather around the TV and watch G4. 
watch watch all the press conferences together and and, and have those have those moments together where we just all get hyped up together um and even still um yeah, even the last couple of years that's been like yeah. a huge thing like i love Absolutely. watching yeah i love watching like the watch alongs like what kind of funny when they watch yeah. it on twitch and just mm-hmm. like getting to celebrate those huge moments of hype with other people is always such a fantastic the, thing that I feel like we're going to miss the out The biggest on. thing in the biggest piece of content that came came out of E3 for me in recent years was Giant actually Bomb? from Giant Bomb's yeah. uh, couch at, at, at after like E3 is quote unquote over. Like every every night they would have a different like multiple groups of guests on the couch, um, just talking with with uh, Jeff Gersman at Giant Bomb usually. Um, and just everybody, like you'd have all these different co- people from different areas in the industry interacting with each other, and it was always like uh, uh, absolute marvel to see how, how that that sort of stuff got handled. And like E three has always been more than game announcements for me. It's always been about watching these people like get together. And... It's it's feeling like you belong to a community that's getting together to celebrate the thing that you care about. One, at yes. least for me, it's one of the things I care about most is this this community, this culture, this industry. And I agree that the Giant Bomb After Dark content has been some of the best produced around E3 because it's genuine, right? It's to the cuff. It's, it's people just talking, and it's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm really going to miss that. And I think that's the big thing that we're going to lose out on from E3. It's like the conferences, the get hype moments, whatever. That's all fun, but it is the the like the industry grows organically within itself by having these events where people can interact and network and grow as an individual, as a professional. You look at someone like uh, Blessing, Eddie Oye Jr. joining Kinda Funny, and this would have been his first year attending these sort of events, GDC, E3, whatever. Like and Eddie Oye Jr., right? I think he made the joke first, so it's okay. I, regardless. <laughs> so it, it, it is a chance for these people to sort of network and grow themselves within the industry. Friend of the show, Steve Saylor, actually had a really, really thoughtful Twitter thread today talking about some of the things I did about how this has a larger uh, reaching impact than just those involved directly with the industry and how as someone who's trying to break into the industry, he's going to miss out on a lot of these networking opportunities and things of that nature. And it's really hard to see the, for me at least, a more local impact to it for something that is a larger thing than i can even but i don't think those are going to go away completely because there's more and more fan events now if you look at the paxes that are out there and the different events even look how we met at eglx EGLX. which is a smaller event smaller amount but those opportunities are out there for people it's just going to be different and how those opportunities are approached and the truth is e3 may not be the best time for those because everybody's running their butts off trying to get from appointment to appointment versus networking there's a little bit of networking at night but we've heard the stories about how they work till like three in the morning as they're yeah. trying to close i stores. think gd i think i think losing gdc was a bigger impact to that side of the industry than than e3 since e3 has sort of shifted to being more consumer focused than it is industry focused but I do I I don't feel like we can sort of say that that didn't happen at E3. It was still a major component no, of it. I I feel my personally, but I don't know anything. I'm just a guy on the internet talking about games and stuff. So, and I think GDC will be back. I think E3 is going to be a bigger situation. They think they're coming back next year. I can see it being an online only system next year potentially, or a shadow of what it was. Because once people and as you brought up learn that they don't have to pay this copious amounts of money that they have to pay 
to be in there and probably get the same ROI back on it, they're going to go that route. It, it, it pains to say it, but that's probably the route that thing, a lot of things are going to move. And it's unfortunate, again, for the the local businesses that will be impacted by this shift to an online culture, even just, you know, outside of video games, there are a number of businesses that I'm aware of. And people at my office have even been talking about, okay, so when is the ball going to drop and when are we going to be working remotely indefinitely? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Microsoft's done it. Amazon's done it. Apple, Facebook, Google. Thank you. And we, I, I feel like it's only a matter of time and this is going to have significant ramifications to Trans- the transportation industry and, and there's just so much of an impact as we move away from an in-person culture to a more digital mm-hmm. experience i don't know if you guys saw but discord tweeted out that they're increasing the yeah. cap on video chat from 10 users to 50 yeah. knowing oh, that there's nice. gonna be more of a demand on their service for people to interact face to face through this digital shift and it's i'm glad it's happening but I'm also apprehensive of how quickly it's happening in the response to COVID-19 that I don't feel like the like Western culture is equipped to handle such a massive shift so, so quickly. So it's going to, it's going to, it's going to take a while to see what the impact is truly going to be. And it's crazy. World is crazy right now, guys. I, I was thinking Cats about hugging this. dogs. <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier today, but my job is mostly visiting stores. I work with about 70 stores across Southwest Ontario. And I think that, uh, hat's going to drop soon. They're going to tell me to stop visiting stores and just be uh, like somebody to take phone calls uh, while this virus situation is being sorted out until that gets cleared up. But for all the people who are going to be told to work from home, I think companies are going to realize they don't need to spend the overhead on offices when they can have people work from home and probably get the same amount of work done and output. So I'm curious what the, this might actually be a good thing for the future with people being able to work more from home and be less chained to an office. Have either of you had the chance to like go to or be close to E3 when it was happening? No. No, unfortunately. So, um, my, Alex, go ahead. What? Cozy? Yeah, I think you meant. Remember, Sorry. we have three Alexes and you're That's one right. of them. Yeah, I'm one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, um, yeah, in 2013, the, the year the these current consoles came out, uh, my game developer friend uh, got me access to the uh, EA press conference because he was working uh, at a EA company at the time. And um, it, it was absolutely amazing being there, like uh, being in the crowd with like all of the heroes I grew up watching, like uh, like people like Adam Sessler from X-Play. I know that the Giant Bomb guys were like sitting like, five rows behind me um you see peter moore walk in at the time he was the the ceo at the time i believe uh he just walks down the aisle shaking everybody's hand in the aisle and addressing everybody in the room it it was it it, i i'm so glad i had that opportunity i didn't get to go to the show floor but to be in that space with everybody uh, it's something i'm absolutely gonna gonna miss uh seeing and I, I feel real sad that a lot of upcomers and new new people into video games aren't going to have that same opportunity so so I guess we're going to end this segment on a somber note we're, it'll be curious to see what the future of E3 is going to look like but and we're going to talk about the past of E3 soon but before we get to the past of E3 
I want to quickly talk about deals that we've got going on this week. Mitch, you were able to dig up a few, so I'm going to let you go over those. Yeah, we need we, to have an upper to compliment our downer. Yeah, really. <laughs> and I know we're we're taking your feedback. We're working on the format of the show in, you know, we this week there was one major piece of news and that's why we focused on that and with deals we're not going through a list of stuff anymore these are three games i'm really passionate mm -hmm. about and if you're interested in them at all go and pick them up because they're on sale right now for big discount both of the south park games stick of truth and fractured butt hole i had to make sure that that space was in there you know cozy's mom might be listening they're both <laughs> on sale not. in canada well you never know they're both on sale in canada for under twenty dollars uh, and on the Switch, that is. And Moonlighter, a game I've really enjoyed, is also on sale in, in Canada for twelve sixty. And any of those will give you hours upon hours of great content. So if you're at all interested in them, they're on sale through probably Tuesday okay. after this podcast posts. And, and definitely go check those out if you're at all interested. I haven't played Moonlighter yet. And it's something uh, Greg Miller's talked about. It, it seems like it could be up my alley. So I'm curious about that. But I can say uh, the South... South Park: The Stick of Truth is the funniest game I've ever played. Have you have you played the sequel? I've platinum the sequel as well. I think I, okay. I think stick under understandable. How does it compare to the original? Because I've only played the original, so, and I'm thinking about maybe picking up the sequel. So the sequel goes into more of an action RP, uh, not an action RPG. It's not the same style of game. No, it's not a it's not a turn based RPG. It's like a grid based. Yeah, it's like a Final Fantasy. <laughs> it's the Final Fantasy Tactics, and I normally don't like those, but. Because of the South Park in it, I stayed with it. Humor's a little bit different. Not quite as funny, not quite as off the wall, but I really did like the superhero theme to it. And I don't yeah. want to get too much into it, but Morgan Freeman. Yeah, Morgan Freeman definitely Morgan Freeman. You know, steals the yeah. show. All right. Yeah, then. I mean, at, at this price, it's hard to pass up on either of these games. So whether it's now or in the future when they go on sale, definitely think about checking yes. them out. And if you have to, just play The Stick of Truth just for that one level that boss fight scene where you have to make a very unfortunate dodge no spoilers and very unfortunate dodge <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say oh, yeah. yeah and it it, it it is cheaper than like it is the cheaper of the two being a little older at least right now on the switch but i'm sure you can pick it up on any console at a, a decent discount and they're all all three of these games i know moonlighter is a little different than the south park games but all three are just wonderful experiences definitely worth the money at full price and even more so when at discount all right so thank you bitch for those deals now let's go into the topic of the show all right so this week uh we kind of changed our topic of the show the plan was for another thing and with e3 being canceled this year we revised everything a little bit and we want to talk about the best or infamous e3 moments that we can remember so, and we're going to put a list together of, what is it, the top 10, right? I think we're going to do top five. We did top, top five. five the first time. We did player's choice. Okay. Yeah, Not think... in any specific order, but we, we took everyone's suggestions and then sort of narrowed it down as we okay. went. Okay, so this is going to be more collaborative instead of our normal five by five. And we're just going to be putting the best, the best or infamous <coughs> moments out there and seeing what are the big moments that you should maybe go back and watch on YouTube. What are those things that you should remember? We talked about our memories and what we've seen and what it made us feel. So what are those moments? And let's bring them out. And I'm, we're just going to go round table here. There's no competition aspect to this. So I'm going to start with Mitch. Mitch, give me what you got. Okay. Do we, do we want do we want to go old school or more a more modern E3 moment? Whatever you feel you want to put down there. All right. So I think 
biggest one for me personally with the way that I've consumed the content of the video gaming industry yep. is E3 2016. Okay. And the moment is the entire Sony press The conference. year of dreams. Sony whipped it out at that show. Yeah, they definitely Like, they, they laid it on the table, and it was girthy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the year that they showed off The Last Guardian, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Detroit Become Human, all games we'd no, seen. No, that's not, that's not it. Spider-Man. No, 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 hold on. So those were all games we knew about going into that show. Then they had four huge reveals. Days Gone... They brought out Kojima yeah, after this everything is, that happened at Konami. This was right after Death the Stranding, Game Awards as well. Marvel Spider-Man and God of War. Oh, wow. Like, I've got goosebumps right now. I don't know if you guys can see that. Like, I've got literal goosebumps remembering back to this conference. And it, like, that moment was just like, oh my fucking God. I'm so sorry, Cozy. Yeah, like, and I, they had the like, live orchestra as well. Oh, yeah. Like, oh they God, just put just... on the most absolute show and they had bear Literal Ma- goosebumps right they there. had bear mccree be the be the conductor of it as well like it was amazing so i was in a crowded theater because that's when playstation was doing the playstation ex- playstation experiences in toronto so i went to the Scotiabank theater and got to watch it i wish i'd gone uh, that's amazing yeah I've, i did it twice uh and it was an amazing event just to be in attendance and when you saw kratos's face in that trailer the crowd just erupted and I believe that was the one where they had Resident Evil 7 too, right? No, I think Resident Evil 7 no, was the was, following year. Yeah, it was. The oh, no, year. you're right. I was at that one as well. Because uh, RE7 released in January of 20. No, you guys are right. The year before RE2 remake, yeah. right? So it would have been no, E3 it was, 2017. No, it was, it was E3 2016. I'm looking at the announcement trailer. E3 was it actually? Holy yeah, shit. announcement trailer E3 2016. Yeah. But did that trailer debut at Sony Show? I feel like we knew about that before the conference. Or am uh, I totally it's misremembering? On the, it's on the PlayStation YouTube channel. So okay. I would assume so. Because they did show Resident Evil 2 at the E3 press conference before. So it wouldn't be completely out of um, out of left field. Because that's the one where the kitchen demo and then it turned into 7. Like they had the, the yeah. numbers yeah. for 7 in the, the word kitchen. Yeah, no one knew what it yeah. was. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, no, that, that, I, I'm sorry to have to come out with like the greatest E3 moment of all time. But for me, that was it. Okay. That was the, oh God, I'm cemented in this industry. They're doing all the things I love. Marvel Spider-Man is probably my favorite game of all time. And I'm very, very happy with the way that Sony did that. Like everything was perfect. Like that was the best, single best conference I've ever seen out of a game. Okay. Cozy, I'm moving on to you. What do you got? Ah, fine. I feel like it's been the uh, Nathan and Mitch power hour for the past hour. Sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, different things uh, that I noted down here for what I think are the most significant E3 moments. Uh, I'm going to do another Sony one. Uh, and, you know, this one is probably not going to rank as highly in the collaborative list we're going to be putting together at the end here. Uh, but I'm going to say it's when Gabe Newell took the stage at Sony's press conference in E3 2010 to announce that Portal 2 was going to be coming to the PlayStation 3. So to give a bit of context, um, Portal, the original Portal uh, had arrived on the PlayStation 3 via the orange box, but it arrived on the console uh, under somewhat terse circumstances. Uh, because Newell uh, somewhat infamously uh, lambasted the cell processor, basically stating that it was a waste of everyone's time and that 
it was going to give uh, no long-term benefits to anyone involved. Uh, he wasn't so, wrong. I was going to say, he was pretty on the nose when it came to that. <laughs> and it, in fact, it was because of his distaste for the cell processor that... Uh, so the orange box was ported over to the Xbox 360 by Valve, but the PlayStation 3 port was actually handled by EA. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and that stemmed directly from their issues with the cell. Um, and so for Gabe Newell to come on stage at Sony's uh, E3 press conference in 2010 and basically, you know, he didn't apologize for his comments or be like, I love the cell processor. But for him to kind of be like, hey, you know, we've had our differences and right here I'm here to announce that this excellent game has come to your console. It was a really big, huge deal. And it's great that the game that he... Uh, presented uh came out in a relatively timely manner and was really really excellent that was on my list for sure too that moment was just oh my god it 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 blew me away knowing that this great con like i'd played portal from the orange box and knowing that so like seeing Sony like this i was still pretty nascent in the industry and following it and everything seeing portal and sony on the same stage i'm like okay i gotta go to sony for everything about this game because i love those both those games yeah, one of the yeah. uh, most amazing things about that whole collaboration at the time was just the fact that it was one of the original, well, in my mind, it was one of the original cross-play games because you could actually play, if someone had the PlayStation 3 version of Portal 2, they could play it with, um, they could play it with somebody who was playing it on Steam. And I actually did that with one of my friends at school who did have the PlayStation 3 where I had it on Steam. Mm -hmm. And so that was just like a really cool experience that... I feel like we're only now just getting again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, uh, again, it's it, it's hard to top the Sony E3 2016 press conference as a whole. Uh, but it nonetheless, I think this stands out as a very cool E3 moment. Nice. All right. I, I can't argue with that, although the argument is going to come later in the list as we decide the top five. But let's flip over to AJ next. AJ, what do you got? Well, uh, I... I... I spoke about Peter Moore earlier, and uh, when he was walking down the aisle, he walked up on stage um, and, and sort of addressed the crowd, um, and just, he sort of reminded everybody, like, he, he, he just looked around the crowd and was just like, some of you veterans here in the audience might remember a few years ago when I, the last time I stood up on this stage, which is when he was working at Xbox, and he just so happened to roll up his sleeve to reveal what on our old CRT TVs looked like a tattoo of the Halo 2 logo and the uh, launch date of uh, Halo 2, November 9th, 2004. Um, moments like that in, in my head. So, like, like he kind of did that twice because, like, he did something for... He had it painted on for the gta 4 logo but um little little human moments like that where it's it's like s some weird uh you know stuck kind of kind of uh, stuck up ceo guy comes out on stage peter moore's great um and and just sort of like lets loose a little bit and, and does something nobody really expected and it looked like he had a tattoo of the halo 2 logo and the release date on his arm uh, that that for me is a moment that uh, that really stood out as one of my favorites for sure. Okay, that's uh, really incredible. I didn't even know that story. 
Yeah, Peter Moore is crazy when it comes to doing stuff like that. If and you... good for him. He he left the gaming industry to go be the CEO of Liverpool. I think. I so. think the Liverpool CEO FC of Liverpool, <laughs> the city, the football club. I think. Oh yeah. Let me verify that because I'm an idiot when it comes to European soccer. Peter Moore. They should have, blah, 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 blah. They should have CEOs of cities, though. They should have CEOs uh, of I, cities. I think that, that well, isn't yeah, that what they're called? Retire. They're called mayors. mayors. Yeah. No, I'm saying they should retire mayors and institute CEOs in their place. <laughs> yes, he, he is the he is the CEO of Liverpool Football Club, a childhood dream as he grew up in Liverpool, England. All right. Wow, hmm. uh, that's pretty cool. Living his best life. Unlike Tom Hanks, who we just found out has been diagnosed with COVID-19. So, yay. God damn. We're we're not not supposed to bring things from the Discord thread into here. (laughs) I'm sorry. When Nathan sent that That to me, I had to... strictly off limits. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I had to confirm that. And that's just... It blows my mind. Sorry. Back to best E3 Okay. So, Alex, what do you have? Yeah, back to happy thoughts. So, my... My, uh... One of the biggest moments for me was when... Uh, it was, uh, the, when Bethesda decided to have an E3, uh, conference again in 2015, and it was the reveal of Fallout 4 and Fallout Shelter. That was on my list. I think, yeah, I think, despite whatever you might think of Fallout 4 itself, which, you know, I personally think it was fine. It's, wasn't as, it wasn't as impactful as Skyrim to me or even Fallout 3, but still quite an enjoyable game. But the show that they put on, the show when Todd Howard came out on stage, that guy has such a presence Mm -hmm. when he is on stage at E3. He knows how to talk to the audience. He knows how to hype stuff up. Even Fallout 76, he somehow still managed to get me even just a little bit hyped for before reality struck in and I actually realized what the game was going to be like. That guy has just a way of talking on stage and just... He's got such this amazing energy about him, and I think he showed that excellently when he unveiled uh, Fallout Shelter, which then like showed the of it being available the night of the press conference, which was incredible. Not for Android and, users. I mean, you know, who cares about them? Um, I was gonna say that that's a you problem, not a not a not a Bethesda took months for it yeah, to come like out I, Android. Yeah, I, mean, I had it the night of, and it was wonderful. Yeah, me too. I had such Go- a. It got oh, me iPhone s- bros. Hell yeah. It got me so excited for Fallout 4. And then also just like the setting a precedent of let's unveil the game months before it comes yeah. out. And not just years. Like I think that that was something that uh, made that conference very special. And then also just made Bethesda a, a main stage, a mainstay press conference holder. I think that's holder. right. That that was their first press conference, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and that was a great way to kind of set things off. I think that if they had not had as strong of a first time like that, I don't know that they would have continued to do that year after year. Mm -hmm. I know, going back to something we talked about earlier, if E3 2020 had happened and WB had had their stage show that included the three announcements we talked about, we would be talking about that show on the same level as the Bethesda, the the first Bethesda conference. And it's, again, a a shame... you don't think that Batman, Harry Warner, Warner Brothers coming up with Batman, Harry Potter, and whatever Rocksteady's been doing for a decade 
I, I, I'm, joking around. <laughs> I, I'm joking around. I'm sure. I'm sure it would have been great. I was just saying, like you know, don't count, count your chickens before they hatch into chocolate eggs or whatever. Yeah, the biggest thing I always take about that press conference, and I actually really like Fallout Four. I'm close to the platinum. I need to go back and actually just finish the last quest line to get it, and I just haven't mm. been encouraged to. But was always the talk about why don't more games release like Fallout Four did make the announcement a few months beforehand and then come out with full gusto because that was always something big and that's always something we still hear in the industry at this point yeah and fallout 4 was hugely successful too that year it was yeah i feel like we're seeing more of that now though right because we got the announcement that resident evil 3 remake was coming about six months before the game they also did that with resident evil 2 as well they did but i feel like there's another game that i'm forgetting coming out this year that was announced oh no never mind Never mind. No, Ghost of Tsushima has been talking about for like years I'm at this dumb. point. Uh, but there was something else, and I can't for the life of me remember, and someone's going to lambast me for not remembering it. I mean, I think part of... Uh, I mean, there are multiple reasons why it happens, but I mean, certainly part of the reason why it happens that so often games are showing off way far in advance is because people like us constantly are like, oh man, I know Metroid Prime 4 is seven years out, but can we at least have one new <laughs> screenshot? Yeah, and really. Like, All we All have right, at this point fine. is a logo and a studio. Well, and, fine, yeah. fine. Here's a new screenshot. Here you go. It's out in eight years. And look what happened with Spider-Man and the Puddles. Oh yeah, that's oh, right. God. I didn't care at all about I know. that. That shouldn't matter to and people. And it shouldn't, but it still does. And if you look at Watch Dogs and how quickly, how, like how early Watch Dogs was shown. So I don't want this one on the list, but the one that stands out to me was, I think it was Killzone 3. When they showed uh, it's Killzone 2. No, it's, kill, it's Killzone, Killzone 2. 2. So when they showed Killzone 2 off for the first time, the, it was just a CG cinematic and none of that made it into the final yeah. game. And it did not look nearly that good. So I do agree that sometimes, you you know, better to hold off until you have something to show. And I feel like if we had got, I mean, we're still going to get the announcements, but if we'd gotten the holy shit moment at E3 of that Warner Brothers conference of whatever it is Rocksteady's been mm-hmm. doing, we would have all collectively blown our minds. All right. It also sucks that, sorry, I have one final point. Yep. It does suck that Bethesda has kind of gone back on that as well. Like, even yeah. Bethesda Game Studios with last year them announcing uh, Starfield and... Elder uh, Scrolls. Not, was it last year? You no, know, the yeah. year before. They didn't say anything about it yeah. last year. Yeah, last year. I mean, they also did it last year with Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo yeah. as well. So, Which, who knows when we're going to see either I think the yeah. problem is is that they feel they need to have a show every year now because they've done one. And I would be okay if they just drop the show when they don't have enough and then bring it back when they have the announcements to have at that point. So... Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like it's justifiable. I mean, we're we're kind of getting away from the main topic, but it's justifiable to do that and take a step away because I'd rather you not give anything, or just small digital only updates on the games you've already announced than you know come with what is a lackluster mm-hmm. showing. But it also might be just like they need to have that placeover placeholder because if they lose their spot, they might not be able to get it back. Also well. fair, but then you go the Nintendo route and just release it online for hype moments. Like we still have, like I have hype moments on my list that have come from Nintendo Directs. They haven't come specifically. Actually, do I? I don't think I actually do. Oh no, I have. I have at least one. I feel like so I know it's not it like we're too. not going to get those moments without having an, a stage show. And I think this E3 is going to be indicative of that. We're still going to get those moments without the stage presence. Yep. Okay, I'm going to jump in and put one of my favorite moments. And we talked about the 2016 Sony conference. And we're probably going to talk about one or two other Sony press conferences because they've had a banner of a generation this year. But I'm going to talk about $399 US dollars 
where they punch oh, Microsoft yeah. in the face. <laughs> There's no other description. Hmm. That whole press conference, Microsoft had gone earlier in the day. They announced the Xbox One. They talked about their digital sharing plans and doubled down on information that people weren't happy with to begin with. The price was oh, a little high. Trip. It had the connect included the, in the box with it that you had to have. It was always going to be on and had to be on for the Xbox to work. And PlayStation, the D, the DRM, yeah, the whole situation. DRM. PlayStation comes in, uh, and we got um, uh, Jack, Jack. Are we doing that in the same Jack, same Jack point? Trenton? Okay, sorry, go ahead. And he announces yeah. three hundred and ninety nine US dollars, and it just blows the world away. They're a hundred dollars cheaper than Xbox, and they put some amazing games on the list. And it was just like the knockout punch, and really set this generation up for Sony. Um, and we'll throw in because I think you're thinking of the th- same thing I'm thinking, Mitch. Uh, I'll, I'll I would honestly throw it in as a separate. Okay. Point. Well, we can do that. Oh, so we'll leave that. But what are, what are you guys feeling on that press conference? I mean, what I remember about that press conference is like, by and large, I thought it was perfectly fine. A lot of the games discussed at that conference were games that had already been unveiled uh, earlier on in the year. It was really just a case where they had like. It, all in by and large it was a perfectly fine conference that had one or two really knockout moments and that's kind of all it needed to really kind of succeed and be well remembered and i feel like if it if it didn't have those one or two knockout moments we'd kind of all just not that we would dislike it or anything but i think we'd all be like yeah that was a perfectly fine forgettable conference yeah i i can't remember if there was another conference before that where you could directly like you could see the fact that they updated what they were doing probably the day of just to throw shade at the other company. Like we haven't seen that kind of infighting or competition at like at an E3 stage prior to that. So seeing them come out and just having the two mic drop moments of here's the price and here's our game sharing strategy. It that's enough for it to be remembered as a very, you know, fond E3. Well, memory. and I think as Al uh, Cozy was saying, part of it is maybe it is a little mundane but i think part of the big thing is the meltdown that microsoft had hours beforehand and how bad that conference went for them oh my god yeah. also the fall the a, fallout of that too right like they had to renege on a bunch like, of the stuff that they announced in that show be directly related to what sony announced right i don't want to get into a big fight here but was the conference that microsoft had uh, at that e3 really that bad it wasn't as bad in comparison to when they actually revealed the console, but just yeah, like but just everyone was so down on the Xbox One right from its reveal that like there was no real positive aspects of it like in comparison mm. to Sony. I I was driving to my dad's place from LA. Well, my dad was driving, and I uh, using my my mobile phone at the time uh, pre-ordered a PS4. And not an Xbox One because of that press conference. Well, I sorry, go ahead. Well, I just want to say, like, the last thing I'll say uh, on this discussion is because I I do distinctly remember at that Microsoft press conference them showing off uh, Metal Gear Solid Five: Phantom Pain, and I remember thinking like, wow, this is you know kind of on the same level as say when it was announced that Final Fantasy Thirteen was going multi-platform. This once series that was famously tied to just sony plat sony's platform is now you know going multi-platform and it's showing up really prominently on one of its uh, uh competitors platforms and like i feel like if it were not 
for kind of all the extraneous circumstances surrounding the consoles competing prices and uh, features or lack thereof, like this would honestly be remembered as a really memorable press conference, but just the circumstances surrounding all of it had drastically changed. So I know we said we weren't going to talk about this, but this literally broke now. Oh, uh, no. The, I'm sorry, it gets worse. The, <laughs> nah, NB, the NBA has suspended their season due to COVID-19. They're oh. taking a break to figure out what their next steps are. Like, we picked a bad night to record this when it comes to COVID-19 news. Like, holy crap. This all just ties well, into what's going on with E3 and why this is so unprecedented in what they the decision that's been made here. Right, let's go back to yeah, being so happy. Let's I'm get, sorry. Let's, I, I, I had to interject okay, with that one. I'm no sorry. more COVID-19 news. Mitch, you better stop. I'm going to have to give you a HR violation if you do this once more time. Do you understand, Mitch? Understood. Okay, I've got so verbal The problem is, is that now I'm thinking up in my head, what's like a totally fake COVID-19 story I can put in the chat on Discord to get <laughs> all, everybody to jump all on? All toilet paper is contaminated with COVID-19. The, oh, the COVID-19 is already inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the phone. I, so back to E3 and not COVID-19. So Mitch, it's your turn. Give me one. <laughs> okay. Do we want to go with a fun one or a mic drop moment? We've done a bunch I of mean, fun. Let's see a mic you drop. Had... You want mic drop? I felt okay. like you already had a bunch of mic drops. Especially I, your My most, first your one first was one, a mic. Yeah. My first one was, but I've got both. I feel like we've had some of the fun moments. Or... No, let's go with a fun one. Okay. So for me, one of the most memorable E3 moments was the demo for Wii Music at E3 2008. <laughs> oh, wow. oh my yeah. God, was that bad? Yeah. Getting Miyamoto on stage, playing with the, the Wii Mote, and Oh my God, that was bad. The guy doing the air drums. He's been oh memed out of existence at this point. Like, oh man, that was cringy. Yeah. Wow. But we're never going to forget it. Yeah. No. Back when Nintendo oh. still had press conferences. Oh, that mm -hmm. was. And maybe that's why they don't. <laughs> Honestly. It wasn't yeah, that early probably. they went into direct, but there were some other bad things that had happened during some press conferences for them, which I'm sure may come up. Yeah, I've wasn't got a, there I've like got a the couple, Zelda? But they're good ones. There wasn't there like the Zelda music concert that kind of went a little iffy at one point. Yeah. I remember specifically mm. there was a demo for Breath of the Wild when it was still a Wii U exclusive, where the demo just didn't work when they wasn't, were on stage. Yeah, that wasn't was there Sky, one? No, yeah, Skyward Sword. Oh, was that Skyward Sword? And they were oh, telling, sorry, my mistake. Yeah, they were telling people to turn off their cell phones because it was interfering with the the Wii Motes. Yeah. No, no, with the Wii Motion Plus. Don't forget, the Wii Motion Plus was a thing. Oh, right. Or the Wii Vitality Sensor. We all remember that getting that announced, never right? Came out. No, it did not. Yeah, they, Nintendo had some weird moments. Down. They had some weird E3 moments, but I think the Wii Music demo at E3 2008 absolutely takes the case for the weirdest Nintendo E3 yep. moment and one of the most memorable. So, mm -hmm. no, uh, no, definitely a weird one. And that's why I like this list, because we're not just getting the big mic drops, but some of the weirder stuff. Cozy, what do you got for us? Uh, so here's the thing. The one I wanted to bring up next is not really a weird one. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Whatever floats okay, your boat. So give, me, you, give me what you got. You, all right. You previously brought up uh, how at E3 2013, Sony wowed the world when they announced that their PlayStation 4 console was going to be debuting at $399 instead of uh, $499 like its primary competitor. Yep. Uh, however, fa uh, if we rewind the clock and go back to 1995, Ooh. you will find that Sony uh, is... made a very similar move 
at that year's E3 and at a price point that was $100 lesser. Um, the context was Sega was in the process of launching the Saturn. Uh, stakes were high. Uh, you know, there was, you know, in, in time, the Saturn would prove to have a lot of uh, difficulties. And Sega kind of wanted to help build up momentum for the Saturn by basically surprise launching it that same week. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things that needs to be noted right here is that the Saturn had a price point of $399. Um, and so after their press conference uh, came and went, um, Sony's, uh, Sony Entertainment America's uh, then president, Steve Race, took the stage to discuss the price of the upcoming PlayStation 1. And he went up to the podium and he delivered a speech that consisted of one word, $299. Uh, and then he walked off and that was it. Wow. Yeah, this is, um, I should mention, if you're interested, if you're listening to this at home and you're like, oh, wow, holy shit, that's pretty badass. You should check out um, Blake Harris's book, Console Wars, because this story is detailed and also like all these circumstances leading up to it are detailed quite extensively in that book. And it is quite a wild ride. It's been on my Amazon wish list for years, and I really do need to just bite the bullet, pick it up, and read through it because it just sounds like there's so many. Like, I've got a, a full list of video game related books, and I've got some you guys could borrow that just tell such interesting stories. Mm. Mm. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's happened so long ago at this point that I can totally see why, you know, this kind of announcement is not as flashy as some of the things that have happened in more recent memory, but it is still a watershed moment and i don't think that it should be forgotten okay no that's awesome uh that's a really good moment i for some reason think that we might still hear about another price for a different console that might come up from sony aj what do you have <laughs> i feel like you're narrowing it down at this point they've only yeah. got two left well i'm not i'm not gonna choose that one and take it away from one of you uh sony fanboys but what i will do is go you're of dreams way. motherfucker <laughs> I will go back to 2004 once again, and I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to mention the entirety of the Nintendo press conference that year. Um, I believe that is the one where not one, first of all, uh, Reggie was announced as the North American uh, president, um, and he had a, a really really good quote when he walked out on stage. Uh, <laughs> we all know it. My name is Reggie. I'm about kicking ass, I'm about taking names, and we're about making games. Um, oh, I was thinking another Reggie quote from that year, but I'm sure you're getting Yeah, you, you know, my, my, <laughs> my body is ready. That may have been my That may have been a different year. Um, you sure? Because I thought, yeah. uh, okay, I might have done some poor research then. Sorry, yeah. continue. Well, I'm not sure. I, uh, yes, that is like the big memeable one, but... Uh, the, he he walked out on stage and and you know sort of that's that's what he said. But then at the end of the conference uh, specifically um, that year, um, you know Twilight Princess was you know it wasn't named Twilight Princess at the time. It was going to be the next uh, uh, Zelda. Uh, that that's all we knew about it, and it was going to be realistic looking instead of the uh, Wind Waker uh, cel shaded cartoon style. Um, and, and, you know, that's all we knew about it. Um, but we didn't, you know, they, they effectively ended their press conference, but Reggie comes out and he's like, wait, we have one more thing here. Uh, and he, he brings out, you know, like the, 
the lights the go sense down. Of gravitas when he yeah, enters the it's, stage. Oh, oh my god. This moment still gets me all worked up and, and, and like gives me chills if I if I go back and rewatch it. But um, they play the trailer for this unknown game, this one more thing at the end of the press conference that nobody knew was coming, um, and they surprised everybody with this like uh, realistic looking Legend of Zelda, uh, and then as soon after it plays the crowd goes wild it, it, it's it, it's absolutely phenomenal and then miyamoto comes out on stage uh wielding the master sword and links uh hylian shield and everything and they announce that it is in development and it's it's real it's coming it's happening um fewer fewer moments in e3 was... were that hyped in my opinion was that before they had announced at the time the nintendo revolution Yes, Which, I believe it was yeah, before that. Became the Wii. So at that point, it was still just a GameCube game, and then Nintendo Revolution did eventually become the Wii, like Nathan Cor- said. Correct. Yeah. So at that point, it was sort of in a similar vein to Breath of the Wild, where we knew it for one console, and it ended up on both, and mm-hmm. was arguably more popular on the newer console than the older. We, we know notoriously that copies of Twilight Princess for the GameCube are really hard to come by. They're incredibly rare. And yeah. I believe it also released later than the Wii version, if I remember correctly. It released a couple of weeks later or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, but yeah. also uh, keep in mind that um, the the Wii version, because the majority of people are right-handed, yeah. Yeah, they mirrored cool. the entirety of the game. Yeah, because traditionally Link has been a left-handed sword wielder. So the GameCube version still has it in his left hand, but every game that's come since, I believe include I'd have to check for Breath of the Wild, but at least the ones that involved motion controls, you were Link was right-handed. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, wow. I Fun think fact. I knew that he was left-handed that they had done something to, but I had I hadn't thought about it that way. All Yeah, it didn't make the Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the entirety of the world was mirrored is what they did. Interesting. Yeah. Um, not just, they didn't just switch hands. The entire world was backwards. That's interesting. I also want to correct my foot in mouth moment from earlier. My body is ready was from the following E3. So E3 2017, not two, or 2007, not 2006. So my bad. Uh, I'm talking about 2004. Yeah. Oh, I'm way off then. Sorry, I'm tired too. We're all tired. <laughs> so it, COVID-19 is doing things. It didn't come up. It's, world's just, on it's fire. a weird week. <laughs> it, the world's on fire and we're talking video games. Just quickly, yep. uh, just yes or no answer. Uh, with Reggie jump joining the board of directors for GameStop, can you turn GameStop around? No. He can do anything. His body is ready. <laughs> he is the Reginator. <laughs> I love how we had two completely different responses at once. I, I I think if he's in a situation where if things turn around and they become a niche business or whatever you want it to be, a hobbyist store, then everyone's going to say, oh, look, Reggie and the board did a great job. If it's still tanked, it's like, well, they tried their best. So he's in a situation where no matter what happens, he still comes out looking good. Okay. So it doesn't matter. All right. Board, board of directors typically have a very hands-off role anyway, so... It's whatever. Okay. Alex. Uh, before we oh, move sorry. on Go to ahead. the next yep. one. Sorry, I just want to say quickly, on the subject of Nintendo's E3 2004 press conference, uh, there's a great Kotaku article that was published in 2019 called How Reggie Fills and Me Became a Nintendo Legend. And it basically details the sort of like context of what was going on within Nintendo and the games industry going into this press conference. 
highly recommended if this press conference holds a place in your heart as well and you want to understand it better okay no that's uh probably cool. a good read uh alex 100 percent. okay so my one my next one is going to be uh is e3 2019 this is the most recent one uh, during the microsoft press conference which overall was kind of a unremarkable press conference in a lot of aspects like i feel like that was their it was the first year that sony decided not to go and like you know it was microsoft's year to really like really take control and set themselves up for next generation which i don't really feel like they did all that well i think they could have done so much more to make it better but they did have one amazing moment some may call it breathtaking even and they shit when Keanu Reeves was on stage during Cyberpunk 2077's trailer. Mm-hmm. Well, when they first showed him in the game, and then he came out on stage, and he literally had heaven lights behind him. He was glowing, and he then announced the date, which then got delayed. <laughs> but you know, it was still an amazing moment. Like I, he was still there. Yeah. yeah, that 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 was a holy shit moment for that pro- for that conference for sure. Yeah, I think I think that whole moment and just unveiling that he was in the game, that he's going to be Johnny Silverhand was so cool. Like he is one of those like he is one of the faces of Cyberpunk by being in the Matrix, I think. And just the fact that he's going to be in Cyberpunk 2077 makes me even more hyped for the game. And I would say that it was a very breathtaking moment. So, Alex, I have one question for you. Mhm. We saw the Sonic movie together. Yes. Correct? There was a trailer that played before that movie. Yes. Which revealed another Keanu Reeves role. Yes. So what do you think was the bigger hype moment? Keanu Reeves being revealed in Cyberpunk 2077 or Keanu Reeves being revealed for the latest SpongeBob SquarePants what? movie? Oh, I mean, it's it's Cyberpunk all the way because for one, <laughs> this was like, like Keanu's always been kind of a meme. He always has been, but this was like, this is like I feel like what elevated him into oh my god this is like the this is he is fully ascended into memehood of like Keanu Reeves is he's higher than life and I feel like it was that moment on E3 that really did it for him. Yeah, he's definitely a transmedia character at this point where it doesn't matter where he shows up it's going to be an oh shit moment. Yeah. Uh and I feel like the Cyberpunk one is the one that best crosses over into our realm, so I totally agree with you. Yeah. I, also, I just wanted to shoot the shit about, you know, a yeah. trailer before the SpongeBob or the Sonic movie. I also just feel like the uh SpongeBob one is kind of like it's like following the Cyberpunk announcement. I don't know how how long after it that decision was made and why that decision was made to have him specifically, but I feel like it's I feel like the cyberpunk one was the bigger like oh shit this is incredible moment yeah i I said that more as a joke but whatever you know (laughs) (laughs) i guess my jokes just don't land whatever who cares i'm gonna throw one in now and i've we're at two picks or we're gonna do one more lightning round to get some quick ones in here but there's one that i couldn't not talk about because it involves my favorite spokesperson for a company ever i'm talking about E3 2010, when Kevin Butler showed up on the stage. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Kevin Butler And was his great. epic rant about um, just the players. And it was just so perfect. And everything he's done from the commercials, he's really... I would love to see them bring him back for PS5. They, they kind of burned that bridge, didn't they? Sony uh, had a falling out with the actor. 
Yeah, he he played. He appeared in Goodyear uh, like tire a, commercial. Some completely un. Yeah, Goodyear and commercial. I think it was, uh, but he bridge, played bridge, the Wii. Sorry. It doesn't matter. He played some <laughs> completely different industry, and it just so happened he was holding like a Wii remote or something in his hand, and because they're competition, he was let go. I can uh, see I them see. bringing him back down the line, though. Like we've seen crazier things. CM Punk's back in the WWE, sort of. So like you can get. You can get over things like this. We've had Keanu Reeves show up on the Xbox stage. We've had the Beatles show up on the Xbox stage, which was one of mine still. And oh god, cozy. What? No, you're putting random crap into the Discord now. It's <laughs> unless there's a link, I'm not believing you. Um, so yeah, I mean, crazier things have happened, so it could happen again. But I feel like that's such a niche. Like that, if you weren't in the Sony ecosystem, that moment, like that moment, was awesome. But for me, it's not a definitive E3 moment because it's not really. I I don't know. It it it's memorable enough, but not to the point of some of the other. I ones go on this back list. to that marketing campaign, and I just remember Kevin Butler with those commercials became synonymous with Sony. The two ninety nine commercials oh, yeah, sure. when they were going around. The one where the guy was like he just answered people's questions, and the one where my girlfriend thinks Uncharted is a movie. Or Uncharted 2 is a movie. For the long, for the longest time, I thought he was actually the CEO. Like, he was that believable. Oh, yeah. He was a great actor. Don't Absolutely. get me wrong. But I think there's just moments on this list that definitely outrank that one. So, um, so I, I wanted to get it in there because I thought it was important. But uh, for sure. And for sure. It's just one of my favorites. And I think that's just a good one to go back and check out. If you haven't seen it, it's just worth maybe watching every single Kevin Butler commercial because they are all excellent, but then watch that press conference to, to uh, top it off um, or that Absolutely. moment from it. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to move into lightning round and we're going to do this a little bit differently. I'm going to reverse the order. Alex, you're up first. Damn it. Oh God. Um, uh, oh, uh, the Nintendo direct of 2018 where they unveiled every single character in super smash brothers ultimate. God damn it, oh, you that's stole mine. Great. Uh, that was incredible. And it was all like it was all official when they showed Snake and then everyone is here was the moment that really solidified it and was just like the ultimate get hype moment. For me, I think it was Pichu. Because we weren't expecting it, and then Pichu shows up. It's like, oh no, they're bringing everybody back. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, that's a good one. AJ. Um, so the one that sticks out to me as a lightning opportunity like lightning in a bottle they caught it finally xbox uh phil spencer trying to turn things around in 2015 you can you you can see the moment uh where where the ship starts to correct itself and they start trying to play like catch up with the big boys okay. again uh and that's when they're where they announced backwards compatibility okay. and they set the precedent for everything going forward from that moment all right backwards compatibility it's on the list Cozy, what do you got? Uh, Ubisoft's unveiling of Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle at E3 2017, I want to say. Yeah. Why did you have to put me last? These are all of mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. In a, nut in a nutshell, just a very good reveal, a very kind of conscientious reveal in that leading into E3, everybody already knew that this thing existed because a million leaks had confirmed its existence. And in general, I feel like everybody was really down on it. They didn't believe that it would captivate them. And I feel like Ubisoft did a very good job at both showcasing why the game was going to be a lot of fun and also, uh, you know, bringing on Miyamoto and having a very, very 
uh, well-timed uh, shot of Davide, the game's creative director, uh, to help drum up hype for it. Right. Yeah, him him tearing up at that conference was really, really cool. It warmed my heart. Yeah. And it set the stage for what they did the following year, bringing uh, Star Fox to Battle for Atlas, right? Yeah, which, which was really cool as well. But I feel like this uh, press conference, like, uh, you know, in both press conferences, uh, Miyamoto was spotlighted. But I feel oh, like sure. this was the one where his him being spotlighted was really essential to selling the idea that this is a legitimate game and not just a rinky-dink spinoff. Yeah, like it sort of set the precedence that Nintendo could do those collaborations across platforms, which led to the Star Fox announcement. But yeah, the, the Miyamoto coming out was the, oh my God. Okay, hmm. Mitch. Okay, well, since everyone steals all of mine, I have okay. two. I know Ridge we, we... Racer! <laughs> You're close. Giant oh, enemy yeah. crab. <laughs> of Giant enemy crab has what to be on the list. Um, two thousand six. Uh, two thousand and six. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other one, which was briefly mentioned as part of yours, I believe, Nathan, was the sharing games on PS4. So the vi- the infamous video of uh, Adam Boys and Shu Yoshida sharing games that directly jabbed at Microsoft that year, which was twenty fourteen. And then the twenty thirteen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was Sorry, the my, year they. My launched. bad. Yeah, it was the year before. Um, and then the final one that I have is the reveal of Final Fantasy VII. Oh, Arena. fuck you. That was... Um... Sorry, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get them stolen this time. So in 2015, when, when they revealed that that game was coming and we all expected it to be 15 years away, it turns out it was five for the first part. Uh, but yeah. it, that was... a like Everyone had been asking for that for years because, like we talked earlier, the original doesn't quite hold up. And now we're sort of seeing the fruits of that and that a bunch of us are excited for a game that we've never played before as a remake. And it just that moment where that music dropped and everyone just like at that point. Yeah, it was so such a cool moment. So you kind of stole mine, but you didn't steal it enough. So I'm just going to have to go all in and talk about the Sony year of dreams, because not only that press conference, did we get Final Fantasy seven. We got the last guardian coming back out after going radio silent for years re-announcement and we had the Shenmue 3 announcement and the Kickstarter and the right? Kickstarter for it and the biggest takeaway for me and don't get me wrong Shenmue 3 is not a great game um, uh, if you haven't played the original scene and the originals don't hold up was the reaction culture to it going back and watching people's reactions to those three announcements things they thought they'd never see like maybe we'd see The Last Guardian but they'd gone radio silent on The Last Guardian um, with Final Fantasy 7 we had seen that one tech demo they'd done for PS3 and that's it so when you saw him walking through Midgar and going through and then you saw Cloud Sword you knew exactly what that was and then the feathers falling from the screen as they had the feathers falling down and the music from Shenmue kick in um, like that just all three of those announcements were blockbusters and I still remember I think it was what was Easy Allies before it was Easy Allies? Uh, game, game, trailers. Trailers. game trailers. There's, if you ever want to see somebody freak out, like don't be wrong, Tim on Kind of Funny lost it, but uh, the game trailers guys freaked out, one of them specifically, and they were all over the room with each one of those announcements. Yeah, that was that was an awesome so, conference. And we talked about Giant Enemy Crabs. I believe that's also, I just, because you... Captured a few where we saw the price tag five ninety nine and how Sony could pull up Microsoft. Yeah. So, 
That worked out well for well, them, they right? Worked, I think the bonus was that was they le- learned some uh, lessons. And I assume it's uh, AJ typing here. Ridge Racer. Yeah, AJ yeah. brought that up earlier, too. So I think we've got a good list here, guys. Now the important thing is is that we need to take it down to five. So what are the top what are the top five we're not going to order them they're not going to be ranked but what are the top five things if we could tell somebody to go back and watch these moments what are the top five things they need to see on youtube after this uh i've given it some thought i'm willing to take off uh, mario plus rabid's kingdom battle and portal 2 i think both of those are great e3 moments but i think that Ultimately, they kind of pale in comparison to some of the other choices. I will only fight for the 299 US dollars uh, thing that I submitted earlier. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm with that. I'm going to bold the entire list and then unbold. Or what are somebody's doing some editing here? I I just copied it down and I figured you'd. Okay. I don't know. I just, just I'm not. I'm just don't ignore me. Just it's fine. So let, I'll let's stop. bolt let's bolt 299 for now. I feel like there might be other stuff that that beats it out. I know Cozy's going to fight tooth and nail for it, but for now let's bold that one for okay. sure. I would on, I, you could drop everything I said, but the year of dreams yeah. press conference from Which, Sony in 2016 has to stay on the list. I'm 100% yeah, back. It looks like there's that. two year of dreams here, the 2015 and the 2016, 2016, 2016 was God of war, Spider-Man death stranding, death stranding. And the, and, well, Kojima coming out after the whole Konami mm-hmm. thing. It like that has to be, yeah, honestly, Kojima just going, I'm back, and then yeah. descending. That was a moment of its yeah. own. Yeah, like, that, yeah, that's, that needs to be okay. there. Uh, Days Gone was the other new game reveal that year. Oh, okay, yes. so I'm fine with that. I think the 2015, it's funny, because we had two year of dreams in a row. Uh, Sony really set a precedent <laughs> in 2015, and then hit it in 2016, and then they got quiet a bit, because they didn't have as much to talk about after that. Um uh, Let's hope 2020 brings yes. it back, baby. Uh, so, oh wait, we'll we'll see what happens. But I'm okay um, not having 2015. And we talked about Kevin Butler not being that same touchstone. I still implore you, please go watch his uh, segments and his commercials because they are probably some of the best video game marketing that's ever been done. So, um, I think Fallout 4 is important. Yeah, I think so too. I think it really set a precedent of what a good E3 press conference is and how to unveil a game. I I agree a hundred percent. Like, let's bold it. I think we're gonna end up with more than five, and we'll have to narrow it down from there. But for I, sure, that that makes this first cut okay. for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say the the entire Nintendo 2004 press conference with Reggie being introduced, and then the Twilight Princess reveal at the end. That in itself was a probably that set the real precedent and then in in my opinion i don't know if you've ever uh, watched it alex oh yeah i've i've seen i've at least seen reggie's introduction and i've seen miyamoto come out uh, with the the shield yeah. and the sword yeah that sort of set up what became the the juggernaut of the wii when they came to the the conferences they had in the mm-hmm. years following right like those wouldn't have, that system wouldn't have been the same in the the presentation and the the direction of the company wouldn't have been the same without without Reggie the there. groundwork of Reggie being there and Twilight Princess being what it was. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I will say it is a bit of a weird uh, contrast in that that press conference showed off a very mature looking Zelda game that was like, oh my god, is Link going to spill blood in this new Zelda game? And the Nintendo that followed that press conference was, by comparison, a much more kind of sanitized mm-hmm. and family friendly Nintendo. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's an incredible press conference, but I don't know that I would necessarily say that it set like a standard or that like it. Let's leave it for now. I feel like it might get bumped off the list. It could. Um, I would, I will fight hard for 399 us dollars. Um, as well as that's the E3 where we had the official PlayStation used game instruction video. Uh, I think it's historic just based on how much Microsoft dropped the ball and how much Sony just went ahead and changed it and really developed a conference that just smacked them in the face. So I, I feel like there's a lot of Sony that we're bolding at this point, and I would say that the Microsoft backwards compatibility announcement is bigger than a couple of these Sony ones. Like, they, yeah, they, they really like fighting from behind and coming out with so many consumer friendly decisions. They a lot of that started sure. with backwards compatibility. I'm not even a Microsoft guy, and okay. I can appreciate I can bold that. what they did there. So I think it has to be bold yeah. for now. They're they're absolutely setting the precedent for the competition to do the same. Okay. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're setting an industry precedent. Like, everyone else has to follow what they're doing at this point. Otherwise, they're being left off, like, left out of the game. Similar to if you look at, like, Call of Duty fighting for crossplay, with that large of a franchise doing it, everyone's going to have okay. to do it. It's set that precedent. So let's look at some of the ones which we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Giant Enemy Crabs Ridge Racer, does it make the cut? It's super memorable. It's iconic, if you like yeah. a, if you like to watch a good train wreck or or cringe real hard, it absolutely yeah. Is. I like that was the year of cringe I, it's, for sure. It's memed itself so hard too. Like of all the things that we've talked about, this is an everlasting meme that will be there with Kazurai. But I think when it comes to memes, I honestly think the Kiana moment is a better meme. And I think also... Is it though? I think so. I mean, uh, here's the thing. As I would say, it also is just a really good moment in E3. And it shows like how to use a celebrity presence properly. Because even in the same year, Ubisoft brought John Berthel out for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And no one gave a shit. So I think it it was a really good moment that like showed how to use a celebrity cameo. But Probably. was that more about was that more about the meme memification of Keanu? Like I don't know if we're going to be talking about the Keanu moment in twelve years or fourteen years. I, th- I think fourteen years later, meme- whereas we're talking about giant enemy crab, the, I, which I scares almost, me. Fourteen years later, I almost feel like the the Keanu mo- moment is a meme outside of. Yeah, E3. I agree with that. It, it could have happened at any point. Hmm. It okay. just so happened to be it happened at E3. And, okay. I mean, we have been seeing that in pop culture with the SpongeBob movie with Always Be My Maybe on Netflix with him playing himself. Oh, that was so good. good. Someone, it, it, it was fun. It wasn't a good movie. It was a fun movie. I think movie. it's actually a good yeah, movie. Like he, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. Like, either way, like he has transcended pop culture in a way that he is a meme of himself. Okay. And I think this was more of that. So it's... Yes, it's a memorable E3 moment, but it's not uniquely E3. Okay. 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 All right, fair what enough. about they are all here with the Nintendo Smash Brothers? For Ultimate. I mean, it was a great moment, uh, but like, I, I just feel like there's really stiff competition here. And I feel yeah. like if you're not a Nintendo fan, it's not as easy to kind of care about this stuff. You're, you're, you can be a non-Sony fan and think that the giant enemy crab and Ridge Racer stuff is hilarious, whereas if you're not a Nintendo fan, it's hard to get hyped about Pichu coming back to Smash. So that same argument, though, I could see being used against the 299 US dollars and the Reggie introduction press conference, where as a gamer, yes, these are things that you know are memorable to us, but 
it didn't transcend the way, like you said, that giant enemy crap did. And in that regard, I don't know if Fallout Shelter necessarily transcended. So I think they these all have to stay bold if we're going to keep one of them. For, I, for that reason. Anyway. Okay, so let's say out of Fallout 4, Sony, $299 US dollars, and they're all here, which one of those three do we think has to stay? If you have to choose between those three. I think Fallout. I genuinely think Fallout. I think $299. Nathan? Oh, they're both good. Just cozy, Cozy's $299 US dollars yeah, well, for sure. Yeah, it's his idea. Mm. Um, oh, well, actually, wait. Exactly. Let's confirm that Cozy would prefer $299 over Fallout 4. Uh, okay. Yes. I, I okay. thought that would be the case. I just wanted to put that out there because that might have made my life easier. I love them both, and I think the follow four <laughs> thing has really helped the industry, but it hasn't changed it enough. Uh, $299 US dollars. Well, no, sorry, between oh. the three. So follow four, $299, and oh. Smash. Oh, then I would, yeah, I'd put follow four definitely above Smash. Yeah, I'd put it above Smash. Would anyone put Smash above, would anyone put Smash above those two no. other than me? Okay. That's fine then. Smash can drop. Okay. Um, and then t- Wii Music. That that was another cringe yeah. moment, but that I don't know if it's very memeable. I I don't yeah. know if it has the same level Again, of cringe I, that Ed Giant and Me Crab and Ridge Racer. If we're gonna have one cringe one with Sony Year of Cringe or Year of Nightmares, um, mm. I'd prefer to have that one on. I just. Uh, so the argument that I'll also make uh, of JM the Crab over Wii Music stuff is that I feel like Wii Music, it, it was cringeworthy, but I feel like Nintendo fans were kind of expecting this kind of cringiness uh, at that point, what with the direction that the Wii was going. The, the giant enemy Crab, Ridge Racer stuff, I feel is like such a non sequitur from Sony's prior press conferences, yeah. which is why it stood out so much more. Yep. Absolutely. I agree with that. Um, okay, so of this list of five, I want to make sure that we're being fair here. We need to drop a Sony thing. There are seven, so we actually have to okay, drop. Okay, well, two I want to drop at least one of the Sony things. I would say what's better, three ninety nine or two ninety nine, because they're both very similar. Which had the biggest impact like... on the generation? The used game instructional video. As so, its own separate. I would disagree. I would. US I genuinely would disagree with that. I think two ninety nine is more impactful to the generation because two ninety nine killed the Dreamcast. Well, the it, Xbox it was ones, competing against the Saturn, actually. Or the Saturn. That's what I meant. Um, where I think the Xbox One, yeah, struggled and definitely lost against the PS Four. But I mean, Microsoft is still a competitor. The Xbox One still did sell well. Like it's, they're still in the game where Sega is no longer making consoles. I mean, I feel like this is, like, honestly such a generational thing. Like, I I can see an equal argument being made for either one of these two announcements, and I think it ultimately just comes down to what generation were you around uh, with uh, alongside Sony? You know, which one occurred in your lifetime? Which one, you know, really struck you uh, at that point in time? Because they're more or less equal. It's hard for me to put two ninety nine US dollars into context when that announcement was made when I was three. That's true. Yeah, I wasn't even alive. I, I, I understand the impact, but like you said, the the three ninety nine US dollars is closer to me. Mm-hmm. From an industry impact perspective though, I'm willing to concede that two ninety nine US dollars is more impactful. I mean I'll to be honest, I'll ju- I'm willing to go with three ninety nine actually. And I know no, I'm, no, I'm actually okay. betraying my own thing. But just solely because three ninety nine three ninety nine was something that happened in my lifetime 
Um, uh, do we do we want to pair that with the used game video or have those be like like do do we want to focus on one? No, over we've the other? talked about them. I think put them together. They're the same press conference. Uh, the, and friend of show Adam Boys would probably agree with us to put them in together. So, <laughs> all right, all right. Friend yeah. of show that we've all met collectively I, once. Yeah, I, I I personally go with keeping the three ninety nine one. Uh, not because it's necessarily the one I remember most recently, but because we're combining those, especially um, the the instructional video. Um, Everybody thought the industry was going one way and Microsoft was just going to be like, hey, yeah, we're going we're going that way industry. And then Sony was just like, oh, you're going that way. No, we're going the other way here. We're, you know, I, I didn't <laughs> I didn't put it too articulately but there. But um, I think you if you know that the moment, you know what I'm talking about. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I, the last thing I'll say on this, and I apologize that I've been <laughs> vacillating back and forth a lot, but no, it's E3, okay. E3 1995 was the first E3. Yeah. And so it, it should be pointed out that beyond just being a watershed moment for Sony, this was a watershed moment for E3 in terms of the finding like, hey, this is not just a, a drab, boring, dry press conference. This is a press conference where, uh, well, press conference, I mean, more like event, show, whatever, where really major announcements can happen that can absolutely turn the tide of competitors and these announcements can come uh in ways that are pretty brash and uh you know in your face um and i don't think that should be discounted but at the end of the day we need to narrow this down to five so three i need sorry i also forgot one and i need to make an honorable mention for Dwayne the rock johnson joining Bill Gates on stage to introduce the first Xbox. That was oh weird. <laughs> and um, I, w- I loved it. But it doesn't make the list, but okay, I had that's to fair. it. Right. Okay, so we got to um, cut one more, guys. One more. I, I think we can cut Fallout 4 and Fallout well, Shelter. Hold, Nathan, can you go through what is still in play? And we can maybe just vote on what we feel stays and what okay. we feel goes. So E3 2016, Year of Dreams, God of War, Death Stranding, uh, Horizon. Then we've got E3 2015, Fallout 4 and Fallout Shelter at shelter at the bethesda press conference e3 2013 the knockout punch of 399 us dollars in the official playstation used game instructional video that's direct from their youtube video uh, i love that uh, e3 t- 2004 nintendo press conference reggie's the new north american president in the twilight princess e3 2015 microsoft backwards compatibility and then finally e3 20 2006 giant enemy crabs ridge racer and Sony Year of Cringe Mares. I feel like it's between the two 2015 E3 uh, items that we have here as to what needs to go. I, I agree I with that. Think, I think it So can, for me, I think it's... Sorry, go ahead, Alex. Okay, I was going to say, I think it should be Fallout 4 or Fallout Shelter. And the main reason why I would say that is because, yes, that announcement and that part of the press conference was so solid and was super memorable... Can anyone remember what else was talked about during the 2015 Bethesda press conference? Elder Scrolls. Like, I feel like it... Yeah, it's, like, probably Elder Scrolls Online and maybe Doom. Yeah. Like, but who... Yeah, so it's, like, I feel like, though I though those... The Fallout moments were very impactful to how press conferences are held, like, I feel like it didn't transcend the rest of the press conference itself. So I'm going to throw something crazy out here. I think, I think Bethesda has to stay just for the simple fact of it was game is released day of show 
and that was huge. I can't remember. Were there were there any instances of that before? Because I know Sony had entwined yeah. at some point the release Hell day and yeah. date, but I don't know what year that was. And it also doesn't matter as much as the followed IP. So I think that releasing day and date is honestly a bigger moment than the backwards compatibility announcement. And honestly, this is the one I think should come off the list, but that's just my opinion. I think both of these are better moments for the industry or bigger E3 moments than the Nintendo press conference from 2004. So I haven't gone after the Nintendo press conference because I wanted to keep a Nintendo item on the list. I did too, but for me, I feel like either the Smash moment or Wii Music are more memorable than that press conference for me personally. You were also very young at the at that. So point. were you? I was still watch. I was still watching these. Like I was still consuming them every year on G four. I was twelve. I was fourteen, and I remember yeah, see, it vividly. It's, it's two years. Like what? What? My my brain had developed to a reasonable point. But <sighs> Debatable. In, okay. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I'll I'll concede that, but like that for me personally, I feel like that's the one that falls off, just because I feel like the other two are more impactful to the industry. I don't know. Reggie was a very big impact to the entire industry. He is. Was he though? Yes. He was memeable, and he came out for these press conferences. But outside of that, he's like we don't know what he did behind closed doors at Nintendo, right? He he was a staple of their shows for years, which is memorable in itself. But we're not talking about Jack Trenton's first appearance, or we're not talking about Peter Moore's first appearance, right? I, I think I think uh, arguably. Uh... Reggie was more impactful for Nintendo than Jack Trenton was for... I, I really love Jackie T, but I agree with Reggie being more impactful. That being said, I don't know if I'm still sold on that being like the must-have press conference for Nintendo there. Um, I mean, I, I know we're running long, so I'll concede, but I, I still feel like Wii Music or Smash make the list before that press conference specifically. Okay. Well, seeing how those aren't in contention anyways... Um, Fair. Let's take off. Uh, Alex, you're fine with taking off Fallout 4 and Fallout Shelter? I think yeah. so. Um, I like to have the Bethesda moment on there. It's just so tough when you have five to pick. I think we probably yeah. have a little bit of Sony, but Sony's had some big E3s over the past few years. So I understand why those moments are in there. Uh, so just to finalize here, is everybody okay with this final list or is it as okay as we're going to be? It's I'm, okay as we're going to be. I think I'm so. A, I'm good with it. I have my reservations, and I'm going to okay. shut up now. So what we've got is the E3 2016 Year of Dreams with God of War, Spider-Man, Death Stranding, uh, and uh, Kojima, not Death Stranding. Uh, E3... We had Death Stranding. The, the game was oh, introduced that was year, it? wasn't it? Yeah, oh, it well, was. never mind. Then we it had was. Death Stranding, too. Yeah, yeah they we had got the, every. We they got had the first trailer where Sam was on the beach. Okay, you're right. Or Norman yeah. Reedus, yeah. Oh, first of many. Uh, E3 2013, Sony, 399 US dollars, official PlayStation used game instructional video. E3 2004, Nintendo press conference where Reggie's introduces the new North American president, uh, Twilight Princess's show. E3 2015, Microsoft backwards compatibility. Hopefully we'll see more of that with Sony over the next year once they get through all their big uh, games coming out and they talk more about the PS5. And finally, the cringe-tastic one, E3 2006, Giant Enemy Crab Ridge Racer, Sony Year of Cringe Mares. That's our final list. We're running long, guys, so we're going to just get right into the social plugs. Mitch, what's your socials? 
Uh, I actually have an update to one. So I changed my PSN again, like a weirdo, and it Ooh. is now matching all of the other platforms. So I am Mr. Mitch George everywhere you can find me. And if I'm not there, it doesn't mean that there's no reason to be on that platform. Congratulations. Have you tried going back and playing any PlayStation 3 games now that you this made is, the change? It's actually the second time I've made the change because I didn't like my original PSN, but we can talk about that on a later episode. All right, cool. All right. Then we're going to Cozy. Yes. Uh, you can, of course, find me on Twitter at Alex Kazina, on Twitch at Cozy Bear Live, and uh, you should know that on the uh, not... Well, actually, yes. By the time that this post, this will be this upcoming Thursday on the 19th of March. I'm going to be debuting the second ever Casino for Connie Funny Direct on my Twitch channel, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be there or be square. All right. AJ. Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, all over the Internet um, at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. All right. Alex. And I am on Instagram, blatantly Alex, and on Twitter, it's blatantly underscore Alex. All right, perfect. And you can find me on Twitter at the underscore and Mac and follow my reviews at ps4blog.net. I've got a lot of catching up to do for some work because I was away for work for the whole week. So I've got a bunch of games that I need to play. So everybody else, thanks for playing. Have a good week. Bye, Later. everybody. Ciao. Have fun. <laughs>